going to go to the phones, but there's a very famous athlete on the phone. Athlete? That's right. Uh, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Uh, considered, uh, well, you know him, uh, Robin, I know you love him. Lenny Dykstra's on the phone. Oh, He's no, 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 no. He has an announcement. I'm thinking of someone we've never spoken to before. No. Uh, <laughs> Lenny is having a problem. He wants to announce okay, it on the air, and I, I think he wants. I think he wants you to really know is, uh, more is than he anyone. Looking for help. <laughs> I don't know. I, I let's find out. Lenny, good morning. How are you? Okay, good. Hey, Howard, how are you? It's been a long time, Robin. Yes. How are you? Good morning, time. Lenny. Well, and, Lenny, and so it's I, been a long time, and, and, and let's be transparent because I always am with the audience. Lenny scared us away. Um, the last time we had Lenny on, it was very. We love Lenny, but we we put him up in a hotel and we couldn't get him to leave the hotel. And uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. a bit of a, a mess. It was a bit right, of a conundrum. Right. All, part of, all, all part of all of this stems from the same problem that I'm going to talk about. You see, what happened is is I saw the light finally. See, what happened is Viagra, Cialis, none of it worked anymore. So, you know, there's that moment when you have to you have the towel on, you have to peel and reveal. And then when the chick laughs at you, that's a fucking problem. Okay? So I've been doing some soul searching, and I found the solution, Howard. And it's real. Robin? Robin. Yes, yes. You have no idea. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Trimix. Listen What's, to me. What? Trimix. It's an injectable. You inject it in your dick. Okay? Now, let me tell you something. I kid you not. I always tell the truth. You know. Okay? You know, we already know about my art skills. But I was having a problem getting wood. I'm talking about real wood. I'm not talking. I'm talking about fucking wood. Okay. Something you so, could use, yeah. Yeah, so I can, <laughs> yeah real wood. You know? So, <laughs> right. you know, Howard, I mean, like, like, the bottom line is, as a man, the, like, I don't care, people know, like, if you can't get wood, you still, like, you start getting a little bit depressed and down, you don't feel good about yourself. But when you take this medicine, dude, in five minutes, you got a rock-hard fucking cock, and you can fuck and fuck, and by the way, Robin, just in case you ever like want to know, you will know you got fucked when I'm done. Okay? Okay. All right. Well, Lenny, you just, uh, Robin, uh, <laughs> Lenny has just made a very big announcement, and I'm going to yes. kind of, for the audience and for Lenny's benefit, try to sum up what Lenny just said. Lenny Decipher is saying. It for the people, yes. He says, yes, it's true. When uh, he was playing uh, uh, with us in Los Angeles, playing that game and stuff, he was going through something. The reason we couldn't get him out of the hotel, he was depressed. Cialis was not working. I remember uh, Lenny complaining, even when he had those two hookers or whoever they were. I, I believe they were ladies <laughs> of the evening. I don't know. Uh, were they Lenny? They were ladies of the evening. No, right? I don't. I don't. Do, I, don't I don't deal with hookers. I, I, oh, okay. All I right. Mean, then I yeah, then but, I but then I apologize. Ladies. Yeah, they, they I, were ladies though. And, and they were ladies. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. 
What Lenny is saying is the reason Lenny was so difficult out in Los Angeles, the reason the show and the producers had so many problems with him, he was going through a major depression because he well, felt he couldn't. you remember, even, you know, he was here to play a game against Ronnie to see who knew more about sex. And he Ronnie... couldn't even answer a question. That's you, right. You know why? Yeah. You know why? I tried to take so many different dick pills to try to work, but none of them worked until I found Trimix. T-R-I-M-I-X. Trust me, your, your customer, your listeners, your people, anyone out there that wants to, to get... I'm talking about real wood. I'm talking about when you're 17 years old, when you pitch a tan at will. I mean, I'm talking about, like, wood, okay? I mean, listen, and well, it changed my life. Let, let me do the life. summation, Lenny. Let me, let me do the summation. By the way, Lenny, are you being paid by these people? Because it does sound a little bit like a commercial. Not but, paid at all, man. I'll pay, I'll pay them. But what they You'll pay them, I mean, okay. They okay. changed my life. Man, I was I was having to take Xanax and taking pills. Like I was, just, look, I'm a performer, what? bro. My look, my art, my skills is my artwork. We all know that's still that it'll never change. All right, let me let yeah. me let, because let me let me help Lenny out here because we're, I'm trying to sum up for the audience what they're experiencing. And Lenny's honesty is refreshing. So let let me let me see if I can help out here. If you remember when we were in L.A., we had a lot of difficulty with Lenny. What Lenny is telling us today is he was going through a tremendously difficult time. In fact, I do remember when Lenny was vomiting in the hotel in L.A., he, he blamed it on gas station dick pills. And you and I, Robin, right. were very enamored with this idea of gas station dick pills. We said, Lenny, what's going on? He goes, yeah, I have to buy dick pills at the gas station, which I didn't even know you could. I remember didn't know that? you could. It was, Lenny. we were both Yeah, stumped. I tried everything, man. I, you know, I apologize for my behavior, but, but listen, when you, when you can't get wood, okay, and, 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 and remember, there's always that time when you gotta peel and reveal. And at some point, you gotta take the towel away. And when you look up and the chick's laughing at you, that's a fucking problem. So I want to. So Lenny is, mercy. what I'm, what I'm saying is Lenny is a, a, a bit of a sex expert, Robin. You know, he's guaranteed you, if you ever slept with him, your world would be rocked. Like you would, you would go right. off, you know. And when you have that kind of reputation, and I think for years, Lenny has been bragging about how he was going to go down on you and really turn you on. And I think that was to prepare you that he couldn't get wood because he was just going to go I down think so. on you. That's yeah. why he became such an Oral expert. Oral expert. You're right. But, You're right. You're right. But Lenny yeah. knows. But yes, and Lenny knows as a man, you want to finish off your woman with your hard penis and uh, some so what, real wood. Yeah, some real so wood. Not, not Robin. Not wood. And at, at the end of the day, you want to fuck, man. Listen, listen. And they want to. And then you know what? And, and when they're done, they need to know they got fucked. Okay. So so right. now I found the solution, man. It's a solution. They're not paying me. I don't even know who the fuck they are. All I know is that they, how, they, how they, did they, you they get this stuff, on. Lenny? Okay, so so my 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 my, my seven year old drug dealer, okay, who's oh, got a lot of money, okay, he can't get he's he having trouble getting wood, you know. He's one of them guys who goes to those swinger parties, whatever they are, you know. So you, you can imagine when you have to drop trowel in front of everybody, and they're walking around with a fucking like you know like a no wood. It's humiliating. So he told me about this medicine, and like Nails does, I fucking go crazy. I go do whatever I have to do, and I found it. Just well, Lenny, let me age. ask you a, a direct question. When you're with a young woman uh, and you're, you're enjoying one another and you don't have wood, uh, wh what do you do? Do you say to the woman, 
Uh, listen, let's say it was Robin. Robin, uh, I got to pull out my kit here and inject my penis with my uh, Trimix. This, oh, did you announce? Like that, that, that's a great, okay, that's a great point. It's a great point you make. So what happens is, is before you're ready, you know, I have to just like everyone else. I go to the bathroom, okay? Go to the bathroom. It only takes three seconds. You barely, barely, you barely put it in. It doesn't hurt, okay? And, and three minutes later, you walk out. Like fucking King Kong, dude. Now it doesn't make your dick bigger, okay, but it makes it harder, okay. So, so I mean, I've had chicks tell me I can't feel my toes, okay. Uh, you know, right. and, and 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 so this this here, dude. You see my voice? You hear me? What time is it right now? Okay? It's uh, seven in the morning. Yeah. Well, well we're here. What is it? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter. You what don't time know where you are. Why. I don't think it's, it's <laughs> four o'clock in the morning right now. You know what? You know what I'm doing? What, everybody what else are you doing? Sleeping? I'm working. You know why? Right. Because I know I can get wood anytime I want. Because my listen, I please. I like to please. I can't look. My 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 oral skills are world world over. But now I can take it to the base, Howard. To the base. Lenny, do you have a boner right now? Or is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Uh, okay. That's the beautiful part. When I want it, it takes me fucking two seconds on the bathroom, hit the spot, boom, bing, bang, and I come out, and all of a sudden, it's like, Robin, you have no idea. Robin, you know what I'll do? Lenny, I have a couple of questions about your boner your, and your super hard wood. After, are you able to ejaculate? Well, oh, yeah, yeah. You can make a deposit. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, so you make a And after you make a deposit, Lenny... Are you still hard? In other words, you are. Uh, you, are. you are. And do you, you have a, do you have like track marks on your penis? Do you have a, no, like no, a no, no, no. It's a very, very little, very, very tint, very light tint. Now, for the pussies out there, they do have one that you dissolve on your tongue, but you're not going to get the same kind of wood. Okay. So, hey, Robin, real quick though, the, the deal I make with you is I never wear a coat. Okay. I, I don't go, I don't wear coats. Okay. No. And, no, no coats. No, no. Fuck no. I don't know. TC doesn't deserve to be fucking covered up by a fucking coat, some other like that. Okay? So, so Lenny, you're I saying think, to Robin, if you, she has sex with you now that she's probably very turned on by this hard wood. I'd put a, uh, I'd put a coat on for her. You would put a coat on for Robin. You would for put Robin, a coat only, on only for, for me. Robin. Oh. Only. Yeah. And Robin, I, I have to say something, Lenny, and you need to know this too. I'm going to have to chastise Robin. You must be professional, Robin. Please stop rubbing yourself during this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Robin, listen, listen. just say about somebody else. Just, just experience it, Robin. Experience. It. You know why? Because you remember that the rest of your fucking life, Robin. Okay. Right. And right. Way, I would hate I for Robin you. to never experience you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who says yeah. chivalry is dead? Lenny. Lenny has addressed this whole conversation to Robin. You know, Lenny. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to say I appreciate your honesty, number one. I, I do like that you're not uptight about talking about this. A lot of guys would be. Well, he didn't tell us until he found a solution. Right. There you he go, Robin. That's right. right. Yeah. This explains a lot. When Lenny was in L.A., we had tremendously difficult times. So what Lenny is saying is he went into a depression which caused him to not leave his hotel, even though we were <laughs> telling him he was costing us a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, he would and not I leave. That. I apologize. I own that. I apologize. Growing up, and poor Matt and poor Matt and Derek, they thought I was going to die in there. You know. And then yeah, I uh, I, just, I, I, I felt bad because more and more. 
I said, this isn't like Lenny to be irresponsible. Uh, There must be. I bet his dick can't get hard. I said that to the guys. Dingo was his name. Dingo was his name. Uh, Just to remind people how bad Lenny was at that point, how he had hit rock bottom. And now that he's rock hard, we can talk about it. Lenny was vomiting at the hotel in L.A. And I remember I have exclusive tape of uh, the very famous Lenny Dykstra vomiting uh, in his hotel. You still feeling pretty sick? That doesn't sound good. Poor Lenny. (laughs) See what happens when you can't get wood? That was a horrible day because Lenny is one of my Wait, heroes. You need a doctor or something? Are you good? What's going on? Okay. You know, I remember that Mets team, and when I, when I heard Lenny vomiting like that, I can't tell you how sad I got. Remember, Lenny? I'm not sad. All because I wanted some wood, and I couldn't get wood. So I tried different solutions. That's how I know. I got eight, eight gas station pills in me, and poor Ron, Ron, he's looking at me like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, so the bottom line is, Instead of pout and wine, I went out and I went on a mission of mercy, and I found the solution. Lenny, Lenny was in terrible, terrible shape. He was upset he couldn't get wood. In fact, I remember, I have this exclusive tape. Lenny, uh, of course, uh, here's a horrible tape. Uh, Lenny had cleared out the hotel mini bar three times before he <laughs> oh left. This goodness. is how this is how upset he is. Now this guy, you know, he's got an athlete's body. He can't be downing the mini bar that much, but he was so upset about his wood, which I suspect was why he couldn't get wood. But, but Lenny uh, then um, was with the two women in L.A. Two women, mind you, and he revealed he couldn't get card. Here is exclusive tape of Lenny revealing he was having trouble in L.A. Where's PC? Is Israel still talking? By the way, PC stands for Lenny's penis. Perfect cut. Where's PC? Is Israel still talking? PC's right here. Is PC ready? He's ready. Why is he underneath the goddamn towel? Unleash him. Unleash PC. Unleash PC for me. No, no, no. Unleash PC. Get over here, he will. Unleash PC. Now. Don't give me fucking Unleash PC. As soon as you get here. Unleash PC. Unleash PC. I want to see my PC. Can we see? PC? Man, you're fucking excited for us, Unleash PC. I'm excited right now. This is so fucking painful, man. Because it's not. What do you think, boy? Why? Because it's classic. Oh boy! It was a terrible day in Lenny's history. That was your word. That was your word. Remember my first interview? I didn't know what that meant. Classic. Remember, Robin? Right. Yeah. You didn't know what flaccid, and Robin had to break the news to you what flaccid (laughs) meant. uh, It was so cruel. Uh, You know, I tell you, Lenny. Real quick, there's a new sheriff in town, dude. Ain't Reggie Hammond. It's fucking Lenny fucking Dykstra. Lenny Dykstra was with two gorgeous women, and they say, they're begging Lenny, please let us see your penis. Let us see it. And Lenny goes, Jesus Christ, I can't get this thing. What do I do now? Poor Lenny. But Lenny says he's found the answer. We have a happy ending to this story, and we know Lenny loves happy endings. Well, um, how often is he? You've got to try it, man. 
Well, you right before you know um, you have um, um, sex, you know, and and so like for me, that's probably like now, like you know, should I step back maybe four times a week, you know, and oh. and so yeah, so um, yeah, oh, I'm pleased, you know that. I mean, I'm pleased, but but now, but now I get to get like I tell them, here's how it works. Okay, okay, we got to first got to get the lube, okay, and then I say we're gonna get it to the base, okay. Then you're gonna know where it's at. Once you get it to the base, now you know where it's at. Okay, and then and then get ready because now you're gonna know what's like to fucked. Because I found the solution, Howard. Trimix, Trimix. Honey, when you when you fuck a woman uh, now and you do finish, then for a couple of hours you're just walking around with a big boner. No, it's not like that. It's different. It's like um, you don't know. It's not like that where you're walking around like that. It's not. I mean, the wood, there's still a little bit of wood, but it's still not the same wood. But, but the bottom line is, is it's changed my whole approach on life now, okay? Yeah, no, 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 now well, you don't like, suffer well, humiliating well, moments like yeah, you did in well, L.A. Yeah, baseball, man. You don't have to, yeah, you don't have to hide deal. PC with a towel. Right, right. Because Robin, remember, remember. You were saying, you Lenny, uh, when you were you, you were saying when you were playing baseball. I think what you were trying to say was you were always rock hard and ready to to have sex, and uh, you know, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, and the snap of the finger, I can fucking get wood, and, and but then what happened was, I think that Lenny, you got your teeth in. Do you have your teeth in? I do in? have my teeth in. Uh, yes, I do, Howard. For you. Okay, all right. All right. Just want to make sure. That's all. I'm and, just and, and, and guess what? Guess what? <laughs> the thing is, is the doctor said possibly you might have made too many deposits, okay? okay? Mm, so, you know, I did have um, a, a lot of activity. In fact, what I did when I was younger is because there was so much activity, I took six amoxicillin a day, okay? Wow. Okay? That, that's like having a sniper on your cock. Okay, now that's genius. That's fucking. Lenny, what you're saying, I think, is you're bragging that uh, you were having so much activity when you were a baseball player with the ladies. You took six amoxicillin a day, which is a penicillin type drug, an antibiotic, to prevent STDs. But I do want to warn the kids in my audience, as much as I love Lenny, but um, you must understand, wear a condom. Uh, Lenny thinks if he takes an antibiotic, it will prevent STDs. So he took six of them a day. I must tell you from a medical standpoint, I'm not a doctor, but that doesn't seem, it worked for Lenny, but please. Well, build a white moat, build, you know, the castles, you build a white moat around it, you know? So, so, <laughs> like, I mean, Howard, listen, six of Moxone, they, I mean, nothing is getting through there. It's like having a sniper on your fucking car. Okay? <laughs> Uh, well, genius. again, I'm just going to warn the kids out there. Don't listen to Uncle Lenny. Um, you know, he he has uh, it worked for him, but it will not work for you. I can guarantee yeah, you that you will still well, get an STD. And also, there's the six attorneys that the problem too. You know what I mean? So um, anyway, Lenny, um, it is exciting. I do want to remind people: Lenny was in such a deep depression in Los Angeles because he couldn't get a hard on. I must tell you, the kicker to the story was the deep cleaning fee the hotel charged us in Lenny's room when they saw that it was almost $600 that we had to pay in addition. Wow. Not only couldn't we get him out of the room, but when we did, the room was so wrecked that it was 600 more bucks to get someone in there to clean it. These guys and came I in with hazmat suits. Of course. Listen, who could blame you? Who could blame you? 
Uh, I we mean, didn't know w- how you were. You two boys, you put right. Derek and, and Derek, Derek and, and Matt saved my life, man. I mean, they were worried about me. They're outside my door. Let us in. Let us in. I said, yeah. I got on the floor. I mean, so, I mean, like I thought I might suck every good. I said, first of all, can you die like this? Because you know, I told him before I hit a double in, in, in Florida and in so much humidity. Like I thought I was going to die. I hit a double. Say, don't die on the field, motherfucker. But I'm saying. Here's Derek and the men inside the room, and they're saying, "Are you all right, man? You all right?" Now, Lenny, I'm looking at this uh, trimix, and it says here, um, you know, you got to be careful because they always warn you on the side of the box. Um, you can get scarring, infection, and prolonged erection. But uh, it says, uh, it's, "I assume from what you're saying, you're not having that problem, and you're and you're getting it's it done." It's all about the dose. It's all about falling. You know me, Howard. I follow the rules, okay? And Lenny, please be careful injecting your penis. And uh, I guess you got a couple of lessons under your belt, so you know what you're doing there. And uh, Robin, uh, I know Lenny has been after you for a long time, so just throw into the mix when you're thinking about Lenny that he's rock hard, like a teenage rock hard. Rock hard like you've never seen. (laughs) Big time. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. By the way, for for the pussies out there, for the pussies that are afraid of needles, they can take one, they dissolve under your tongue. Okay. Right, but you're not right. you're not gonna get the same. You're not, you're not gonna get the the fucking explosive, you know, the real wood. I'm talking about I'm talking about wood. Okay, but hey, listen, I know you gotta go. You're busy, Robin. You're busy. Sure. You guys. I mean, by the way, I don't even know how much money you two guys got now. Fuck, you guys got so much fucking money. I love it. I love you for. It. I love it, man. <laughs> you earned it, man. You fucking one billionaire, almost a billionaire. Lenny, now, one le- Lenny, yeah, one yeah, last yeah. question. Do you ever jerk off? No, not really, man. You know why? You know why? Why? I why? I shouldn't, I shouldn't get wood, bro. I mean, it's hard to jerk off. I can't get wood. Right. So, in other words, you so, don't take your shot and then just jerk off. No, now I take my shot and I fuck. And they know they got fucked, by the way. And by the way, two of them, so I'm going to lie, two of them, I had to call a bellman to take him down in the bell cart, okay? Well, you know, Lenny, as well as I do, that America loves a comeback story. And Lenny's dick is back, Robin. And he is no longer I guess, upset. I guess this could be a movie. Maybe you ought to yeah. get the rights to this story. Well, now that there's a happy ending. Happy ending. Now I love that, man. You could yeah. get all around. The way, the way, the, the timing of delivery, everything. It's so fucking good. And I want to tell my audience, too, and especially Robin, you know, Lenny used to own something called a pussy boat where he would bring his women and uh, have uh, yeah. sex with them. I Just for your information, Robin, pussy boat is gone. Lenny sold it. But uh, Lenny's back. Where is now? Where's, well, I don't know where well, the I mean, pussy boat is. I got, a, I got an apartment in Westwood, you know, but I'm getting ready to, oh, okay. to go big. You know, I, I own a website now called suzamotherfucker.com. So, you know. Oh, well, that's for another way. conversation. They, they, let's keep, leave it at this, yeah. that Robin, this Lenny's back. Right. Lenny's back in action. Women, ladies, Lenny. To, to all the Thank ladies you, out there, Thank don't you. avoid Lenny. He's back, and he's back yeah. in a bigger way than he ever was. With his penis. Yeah, Good no, for you, Lenny. He follows up three times a day. PC, three times a day he follows up. Okay? And by the way, just so you know, try it, Howard. Try it. Try it. Well, I don't have that problem. All right. You don't, okay. do you? No, you I don't. Why? I'm able you, to. You eat, cause you eat healthy. You eat healthy. Yeah. You take care of yourself. Okay? I don't eat healthy. Okay? Right. I don't right. take care of myself. But you know what I do? <laughs> I fuck. That's what I do now. I fuck.
Well, God Good bless you, you, Lenny. Good for you. It's a, there's no better hobby than fucking. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, you know. Listen, uh, I, good to hear your voices. Good to hear both your voices. And then I'm going to go back to work. And all right, I'm a new you. man. Do you hear me? I'm a new man. You know are why? you a new man? Why? You know why? Because I can why get are wood you? now. I know I can get wood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lenny Dykstra, you you know him, and uh, man, oh man, what a team! He what a player this guy was. That's why they called him Nails, tough as nails. nails. And he and he's still tough because he takes the injection. He doesn't put it under his tongue. It All right, put it yeah. under his tongue. Yeah, remember, remember for a while there when I was going bad, it was thumbtacks. But now I'm back to nails. Nails. Yeah, he used to be thumbtacks for a while. Thank you, Lenny. You guys got right, a man. Hey, good talking to you guys. Thank you so good much. Good talking. Lenny's day. back. And uh, better than ever, ladies, and uh, the... I see a little nice black pussy. Robin's hole, Robin's hole, makes me shoot a giant load. Tugging on my red meat, because I really want to see. Robin's asshole, Robin's asshole, Robin's asshole, Robin's asshole, let me go. Inside your hole, I'll lick your pussy, and then you'll fuck me. I'll lick your pussy and tickle your taint. Let me nibble on your chocolate titties. I can come either hole, will you let me know? Just let me know, which hole to blow my load, blow my load. Let me know, which hole to blow my load, blow my load. Let me know, which hole to blow my load, blow my load. Myopilia, 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 let me go inside of your beautiful black pussy, pussy. Pussy, pussy. Wow. He is a triple threat, and I do mean threat, if you know what I'm saying, Robin. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations, ladies. Lenny can get wood. What Robin is saying, um, to all the men out there with soft dicks, there is hope, uh, as <laughs> Lenny just said. And, uh, man, is he something. How is he not in the Hall of Fame with that? <laughs> He'll never be in the Hall of Fame with that speech. By the way, I, you know, what's wrong with me that I forgot Lenny's uh, song about you? I mean, I just listened to that like it was the first time. You would I think, never, I never, I didn't remember it either. You would I think said, did we would do that new? Uh, no, uh, you would <laughs> think we would play that every day. It's such an opus. <laughs> oh, you're gonna come. Watch out, girls, I'll lick your cunt. Oh, you're gonna come. I'm a pussy eater. Mm. Oh, you're gonna come. All right. Wow. Jesus. I got it. Here's another one I don't remember. Lenny Dykstra featuring Robin Quivers. Hey, Robin, Lenny Dykstra here. I have a duty and an obligation to make you come. And I want to see that black pussy. Give me that, give me that, give me that cunt. Uh. <laughs> give me that, give me that, give me that. All right, I think I had enough. Oh, my goodness. Guess who has the COVID? Who? Guess who? Guess who? See if you can guess. Name someone yeah. on our staff. Gary. I'm talking to him Are this morning. Serious? I go, Gary. I go, Gary, you got the COVID? And he goes, yep, he got it. But he's okay. <clears throat> he's on the Paxlovid and... Uh, <clears throat> Well, He's, didn't uh, you have it not too long ago? Uh, no, I had it a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. No, but Robin, you're the one who you're the one who let me know I had it because I tested yesterday and I was negative, and then I didn't really feel like I had COVID. I just had the sore throat 
and a little congestion. And when you were saying at the end of the show yesterday that that's what the new one feels like, then I knew I had it. And then yesterday uh. was a brutal, fucking brutal. Yesterday I feel like I got hit by a train and then I took the Paxlovid and I woke up this morning and I'm like a hundred times better. Gary, what do you, when you say you felt like you were hit by a train, what do you, did you have a fever? What did you, what were your symptoms? I was, um, my throat was killing me. I was congested, but mostly I was really, really sore. My whole body was sore. Mm. Like I felt like I had a bad flu. How long is it when the, the Paxlovid kicks in? How, uh, how long does it take? I took the first dose at two o'clock yesterday and I took the second dose at nine o'clock before I went to sleep. And when I woke up this morning, I felt dramatically different like just nice. like that day good for you yeah uh, well anyway i hope you you do better richard has it too he has the covid there's covid's on the rise again and uh it's a pain in the ass but i think it's here with us to stay i don't you know i think it's just one yeah, of those there's things. never gonna be a a non-covid winter or summer or spring mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah. be with us forever now yeah, the gift that just keeps on giving, COVID. And was it ever determined, like, where it came from? Was it, is it the lab in China? What, it seems to me, I seem to be believing that that's where it all originated, that some therapist, some scientist got it on his shoe, they didn't contain it, and it got out. Is that uh, the general consensus, or am I wrong? I have no idea because yeah. the, now the the uh, investigation has been so botched, nobody will ever know what really happened. There was an article la- or a story last week that some people who were on the investigation team were bribed to say it wasn't from that mm. lab. So I don't know what's going on. What about the theory that it came from Lenny's hotel room that uh, we paid for? I don't know how it missed lenny's hotel room (laughs) talk about a wet market (laughs) there's a few things lenny said i'll have to go back and listen again i don't think i understood what he was saying i'm not sure that's why i asked if his teeth were in but anyway matt's on the air uh matt you're on in indiana hey howard hey hey good morning i'm a huge fan man long time listener uh i was just i i uh just dropped my kids off at school and I had to uh, take a shit real bad. Okay. Good call. Thank you. And I see my dad's bedroom lights on in the back. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. So you I must just... have cut out because I don't know. I, we, we, we didn't hear what you said. So you had to, t- well, we heard was you had to take a shit. Yeah, I had to take a shit. So I stopped at my parents' house on my way to work. Uh-huh. And uh, I let myself in. I, my parents' house, I see my dad. Uh-oh. We lost him again. Just as he we, gets to the, we the, just, the, so the story. <laughs> this is an dad interesting is call. It's like, a, it's like a movie. Dude, what's with your fucking phone? You, I bet you don't have an uh, iPhone. I, li- I bet you. I live in do you the have country. an Android? Do you have an Android? Yes. I knew it. Just have, can everyone just get an iPhone and let's be done with it? I live in bumfuck Indiana. I think that's what the problem is. It's this place. It's not my phone. Your phone call is like Mad Libs. We keep trying to fill in the blanks. What? Let's start. So you went to your dad's house. You walked in. Your parents or something. You know, who gives a fuck? Can you just tell this story without cutting out? Are you there? Yes. Yeah. So I pull in. I go into the, my dad's house, and I just walk to the back of the house just to let him know that I'm here. I need to use your bathroom. And uh, my dad's in his bedroom jerking off. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have hung up on this guy. This is terrible. <laughs> oh, my like God. Almost 70 years old. Wow. What was he jerking off to? Like porn on his phone? Yeah, yeah. Porn on his computer. On his computer. I, I couldn't tell. I could just hear like some moaning sounds. Moaning? You know, what uh, kind of man is your father? No, he moaned. No. No. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> imagine imagine when you jerk off, you moan. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> it's not the Jerking off is so humiliating. Jerking off is so humiliating. You just try to get it over with as fast as possible. Sometimes I'm rubbing my taffy and I go, you know what? This is taking too long. This is a, a bit embarrassing. And I just walk away. If it doesn't go down quick, uh, so what did the old man say? To. He, what nothing. did he say? I don't. He's deaf. He's pretty deaf. So oh. I don't know that he even knew. I, I peeked <laughs> my head in. I just kind of really quickly went to the bathroom, and when I came out, he was already out in the kitchen making coffee. And I was like, "Oh, hey, gotta get to work." I'd uh, I honestly, Matt, I'd rather catch my parents having sex than my dad jerking off really yeah i mean you know your dad you don't want to think your dad and then he's making coffee like did he wash his hands is he touching <laughs> no, the i doubt it, it. that's what i, I mean like it. you know like uh you know you're shitting he's jerking off everybody's <laughs> doing something like at a farm animal <laughs> you know what i mean it's like what a scene it's like the house it's a house from hell you know, mom's probably out doing some, I don't know, dropping acid. Who knows what's going on? She's at McDonald's. She's working at McDonald's. Oh, my God. Too much, It man. wasn't as traumatizing as I thought it would be. Did the old, did you happen to catch what he was watching? No. No, he had, yeah. he had his computer, like, kind of sitting next to him. He was laying in bed with his dick in his hand. and You know what's sad? I, I think about my father. My dad really loved jerking off. And how I knew this was, I, I saw his porn stash. I knew about it since I was a very little boy. I found it when I was very young. And I used to share it. He didn't know. If he, my father had ever caught me sharing his porn stash. He used stash. to share it. Well, he had a night tail. You know, my dad was kind of weird. Like, what does he think? I'm not going to look through his things. Every kid looks through his parents' things. You know, he should have bought a safe and locked his shit up. And back in those days, there was no computer. So he'd buy these porn books, like stories, like, and they were really hardcore, like, like crazy shit in these books. So you had to read. And I guess it was good for literacy because that's the only reading I did. I, when I discovered these books on the cover, you it would be a reader. I became a reader. You know, my IQ went up. They, they tested me to go, Howard has got a really good reading comprehension uh i i tell you so they were books so you had to like lay in bed hold the book open and jerk off and, and i had the yes and i had the additional pressure of like oh god i hope my parents don't come back from wherever they are so i had to keep an ear on the door i became ambidextrous i had to immediately like keep my ear on the door keep the book open and god forbid if i ripped the page or i lost the page my father was on oh. i had to yeah and then it's creepy too because you're like gee my i know my dad's reading these books and jerking off and and, and it's like almost like incestuous but uh like i, like I didn't even want to read from the same page he was on i'm like he had a, he had a piece of toilet paper as a bookmark because obviously he jerked oh. off in the bathroom and uh -huh. i and i and, and he had this piece of toilet paper and i went okay 
move the toilet paper so it doesn't like like get ripped up or something but you've got to remember the right page if he starts seeing that you know the page moved he's gonna know i found his books and he's gonna fucking beat the shit out of me he'll probably kill me i'm not kidding so jerking off was like it was like a mission to mars i'm like i'm like laying on my bed jerking off holding a book open like a paperback (laughs) And it didn't have pictures or anything, just no. words. The cover had a picture, and most of it most of it was pretty sadomasochistic. Like it was like women being chained up in a you know in a basement oh. or something. And this guy, like one of the oh, books, wow. was like, yeah, it was crazy shit. And I was like, man, this is <laughs> this is pretty good. So this is what um, was going through your dad's head? He wanted to see women chained up. And well, I think and- I don't think my dad had. Like, I don't think he, like, I imagine he didn't go to the bookstore and go, excuse me, excuse me, what the, is this book about? Yeah, it's probably a matter of you get what's available. Yeah, I think he looked at the cover and saw a woman in a maid's outfit and, you know, seeing <laughs> some dude's lap. And it was like, uh, you know, okay, I'll take that, please. You know, like, I can't imagine my dad buying porn, but he did. He had a little stash, like most men of his generation. Um, I found it was a little stash when I was younger. And I remember we grew up really religious. And I thought I went to my brother's crying because I had found my dad's porn and I thought my mom was going to divorce him. Yeah, well, I don't know. My mom must have known about it, but I don't think my mom liked to fuck that much. Honestly, she she even told me later on in life, she goes, if I could be celibate, believe me, I would. But your father has needs. And my and my old man stash, he had a fucking gross of condoms, not not a, like a, a, a like he bought him by the gross. So I don't know you what think was they going were on. Having that much sex? <laughs> I don't know what he was up to, but his little stash, man, my head would be spinning. <laughs> so I would, I would, um, so I'd be laying in bed and I go, okay, probably got 10 minutes here, a good 10 minute window because I don't forget after I come, I got to get, I got to make sure there's nothing on the book. The pages are fine. Get the toilet paper back in the right place and then place it back in a paper bag in his area and get it it back i mean i'm gonna tell you something i didn't really i didn't accomplish much as a kid i was a pretty depressed kid but i became the james bond of jerking off i was so good (laughs) i I was so (laughs) i was so good at putting back this material in its right place i never got caught thank god because my father I would say he was very angry with me his entire life. You know, not maybe not when I got famous, but, but I'm talking about when I was a kid. He just was angry with me. He and certainly he didn't knew- want to share his porn with you, I'm sure. No. <laughs> hey, Dad, and I knew let my- me borrow this. Yeah, exactly. Well, you want to know something? When I got on the radio, and because our show was so sexual, we used to get porn from every fucking um, <laughs> porn manufacturer. You know, when they used to sell porn in the box... And I remember one time I said, you know, maybe I'll just give my dad a bunch of porn. So I, I had a bunch of VHS, you know, at the radio station. We had so much porn. I said yeah. to my dad, here, here. I said, here's a gift. And I gave him a bag full of porn. He looked in there and he went, what? And, and he took it. I don't know. You know, oh, he liked it. Was it was like a secret handoff, too. He didn't even say, oh, thank you for it. It was like, oh, OK, I can. And he went off no. and put it away. Like he didn't say to me, "You're an idiot. Why would you give me this?" He, uh, you know, he he was like, "Okay, got it." You know, and we never said a word about it. I said, "Hey, Dad, wow. maybe you'll enjoy this." 
Yeah, and you know, I was always trying to win my father over, and I thought, well, if I give yeah. him free porn, maybe he'll he'll be, he'll love maybe me. He'll like me. <laughs> Dad, would you love me and tell me you love me if I gave you free porn? Of course. <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> you moron. Of course, I will oh, love you. Oh my god. What kind of porn? I don't know. But I became so ninja-like. But you know, I understood why my dad jerked off. My mom. She doesn't like, I don't think, I think she blew my dad. I don't know on a regular basis. Yeah, I I know that because in conversation with her, she was like, I remember when Bill Clinton got in trouble and um, the Monica Lewinsky Lewinsky thing was going on. My mom said something weird to me like, well, it's really not sex. I said, what do you mean it's not sex? Well, I mean, she was uh, performing oral favors on him. And I was like, yeah, that's sex. She goes, eh, not so much. And I'm like, what? You don't what? think blowing a dude is a... Uh, that you think she okay? ever blew another dude besides your dad? No, no way she blew anybody besides my dad. She was uh, 18 when she met my dad. And my mom had a rough life. And like she met my dad and she's like, I might as well marry this guy. Look at him. He ain't going to cheat on me. And... She told me that as much. She goes, one thing with your father, I never worried if he was cheating on me. Yeah, I, go, I know what, what you mean. the gross of condoms, Howard? I don't know, Robin. I, there's a lot of mystery there uh, <laughs> in the Stern family tree. <laughs> Everything drove. I mean, I didn't. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm just glad I never caught my dad jerking off. I saw his well, cock sure once. He'll be stuck with me for a days. Son of a gun had a big penis, too. And I'm not just saying that because I was like a little kid. And, I, you know, little kids see their dad's penis. And right, like, oh, right. Shit, Everything's you know. exaggerated. And my dad had girth and, and a pretty good length. And clearly, I took after my mother. I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you were, I was hung. You were hung, you were hung, I was hung like, like my mother. mother. <laughs> yeah, I was hung like my mother. <laughs> it's so bad. But what are you going to do? You, you got to live with what you got. That's it. That's Lenny says. And, um... I don't know. Well, he was living with what he had this morning. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, I hope it uh, doesn't right, traumatize you too much. Cool. All right. Matt was taking a shit at his parents' house. And it's really crazy. So but I know. weird, you know, because kids are creeping around trying to figure out who their parents are and what they're up to. Oh, my God. I'd go in my when my parents would finally leave the house. I told you when they got a TV in their bedroom, I remember they got a. They got a, I think it was a color TV in their bedroom with a remote control. And I used to jerk off to Gilligan's Island in there. <laughs> Sit there waiting. I told you I urinated all over the bed. I didn't know how to jerk off. I thought jerking off was urinating. I was playing with my penis and nothing was happening. I was a kid. And I waited for uh, the really hot one, the movie star, to come on. And I ended off, I ended up coming uh, or peeing during uh, Skipper. <laughs> Skipper was on the, the big fat Skipper oh, was on the. Yeah, so. But parents should lock up porn like guns. I mean, never mind. Never mind the guns in the house. Lock up that porn. Oh, man. I, I, I suspect that most kids, uh, they, when they discover their parents' porn, it's kind of like penthouse or playboy. But my old man had very exotic porn. He, and He was before all that. So yeah. he got used to reading porn. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the old days, they used to read their porn. <laughs> it's very literate society back then. I had a I had a film that I had a stag film. 
that some kid gave to me because he was afraid his parents would. And yeah, and I and I had a stag film, an eight millimeter, super eight uh, stag film. It was pretty fucking awesome. But, but God, what I had to do to jerk off, I had to go down, wait for my parents to leave the house, and then I would go downstairs. Find the the eight millimeter film camera, you know the, oh the projector. My goodness. You had to thread that. <laughs> yeah, set up the projector, thread it. I remember one time the film started melting because it was trapped in the gate, and I was like, "Fuck!" I'm gonna start a fire here with my porn. I remember trying to jerk off in the basement with the stag film while those maniacs were out of the house, and I had to wait for like you know my parents to leave and. Hopefully my sister would be out of the house, too. I mean, I, I had, like, it, it took an hour's work to come in five seconds. Imagine I burned down my house trying to jerk off. My father would have killed me. You were doing what? I was jerking <laughs> off to the, f jerking off. My house cost me $14,000. <laughs> like I just burned down the palace of Versailles. Piece of shit house in Roosevelt. Well, Should've just imagine, like, they don't have to, you know, you're probably not going to tell on yourself. They're going to, you know, the mm. fire department's going to investigate. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. And, you know, eventually the truth would have come out. Uh, they're going to your parents. Son, I understand you said you accidentally burned down the house trying to make pancakes, but uh, we see you were in the basement. We can tell where the fire originated, and it seems to us there was a film out. Uh, what were you doing down there, son? I was jerking off. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Stern, uh, your son was beating off. Yeah, I sound like one of those old dudes. You know, back in my day, I had to walk uphill in the snow five miles just to come. <laughs> That's right. It was so hard to masturbate. The jerking off wasn't what it is uh, now, boy. I'll tell you that. Back in my day, I had to, I had to get a mule and drive into town on the mule. And, <laughs> and yeah, I had to come in my own hand. They hadn't even invented tissues. And I had to go down to a river and wash my hands. Yeah, these Very kids bad. today, they don't know how easy they've got it. Kids today, they got it so easy, Robin, <laughs> I tell you. They just put on their phones and they jerk off. We had to earn every load. I'll tell you, we built character back in those days, my generation, uh-huh, by, by cracky. I'll tell you, <laughs> back in the day, you had to really work to get your load out. wasn't easy. Yeah. Oh man, I, I told you, I used to go through my own, you know, I, I didn't, had, I had no relationship with my father. Zero relationship with my father. He just despised me, I thought. And so I would search for clues about him and his life. And then, then when I opened up the, uh, his desk drawer, I found his extra eyeball because my dad had a glass eye. And, right. Holy shit. And it was like, I'm, I'm staring at that thing. I could, you know, I was like, what the fuck? I, I got real nervous. I said, I, I shouldn't be looking at this. But, you know, we had a small house. There wasn't much, much hiding. There wasn't, there wasn't any hiding places. Yeah. There weren't like secret compartments and <laughs> hidden doors. Yeah. <laughs> in the stern <laughs> no. mansion. <laughs> no, it's, it was really weird that way, you know, and my mom even would say, you know, I did an inspection of your room and I looked through your closet and your drawers and it's a mess. I go, mom, like, I'm not a child psychologist, but aren't you supposed to give a kid his own space? 
No, I never had my own space. My father <laughs> threw me out of the house when I was nine. Your own space. This is my room and my house. Your own space. What kind of... This space, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> I should have said, yeah, well, you jerk off. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. It's film director Quentin Tarantino. Hi, Quentin. Oh. Uh, all right. Hey, how's it going, Howard? <laughs> all right. I, I heard you were talking about uh, uh, porn. See, I actually only watch uh, 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 70 millimeter porn. All right. Um, I think I think that's very important to appreciate the uh, the, the, the the film texture. All right. Uh, actually, there's a there's a great uh, stag film. All right, which was very uh, important to me. All right, from uh, the late forties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's still watching old porn on Super Eight yeah. or seventy millimeter. Hey Dana, what's on your mind in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. Hello. By the way, Hello. in Pennsylvania. Oh, you're in Philly. Hey, uh, I thought it was kind of uh, strange. The dude who escaped from prison in Pennsylvania, I guess the cops are being criticized now because they took a big group selfie with the guy, like when they caught him. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah, and I was like, hey, they're... They're uh, they're 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 proud of their prey. They listen. Well, it's it was like Im- taking a picture with your deer when you h- go hunting. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it was an embarrassing day for law enforcement because it, you know it took a long time to find them. But you know, really, it's a big country. It is hard to find these dudes. And the embarrassing part was that he got out of prison in the first place. And then I was reading so, a bunch of kids just got out of a juvenile detention center. They all escaped. Uh, by reading this story <laughs> i don't know there's a wave of people escaping oh jeez uh, in kids, pennsylvania kids are doing it over the weekend nine kids escaped the pennsylvania juvenile detention center after a riot but they were all caught evidently oh. a lot of the kids like turned themselves in because they were like hey wait a second we have nowhere to go well, that anyway, was Dana. basically that prisoner's problem. He said, I was star. He was really hungry. He couldn't no. find a lot of food. He found a rifle, you know, and other stuff. And so whoever was saying they should be tracking his excrement, he wasn't doing anything because he had nothing to eat. Dana, Dana go ahead. Watermelon. Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he got a watermelon somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was in Chester County, which is all beautiful, all kinds of stuff. And I think he banged it open with his head. Um, and got <laughs> is that true? Wow. That's what I wow. heard. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he's pretty ingenious, but actually. Is he, though? I mean, do you really need your head to open up a watermelon? I, I, I mean, can't you, like, a just sort of smash it on? Do, yeah. Or, or just kind of smack it on the ground. Like, you put his head through the watermelon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so smart. <laughs> Hey, uh, what, what can I do for you, Dana? Listen, not so well, by the way. Um, so, you. because you were talking about it, um, I called in because I wanted to say that in about 1980 or so, I think it was in like eighth grade, and we'd have our snow days, you know, they call this the snow number on the phone, I mean, on the radio, and then, you know, you don't go to school. So, I was going through my dad's 
VHS collection, which I did quite often. You know, he had MASH. He had some good old stuff. And at the time, um, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders were very popular. They had a calendar. They were the thing. So I saw a homemade VHS tape of Debbie Does Dallas. And I thought that'd be cool because it's about the cheerleaders who were really cool. And so I stepped out on the floor um, and... Uh, there goes Debbie Does Dallas. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. Uh, I gotta go, Dana. I'm 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 gonna pass out from this story about your dad. And uh, what, are you trying to tell me you found your dad's porn? Oh, I found my dad's porn. Lots of homemade oh, okay. porn, and learned about masturbation very early. Due to right, thank porn. you, thank you. Oh my God! Some people tell a story. You know, homemade story porn. I don't know. I couldn't wait to get to like. How come she can't call up and just go? You know, hey, I found my dad's porn. And not only did he have Debbie Does Dallas, but he made some homemade porn. And yeah. then we would have been, we would have, you gotta, let me just instruct my audience. She's a very nice lady and everything. I'm sure she sounds articulate, but you're not that interesting. You know what I mean? No one, like, not everyone wants to know the entire lead up. You know, you, you gotta get to the point when you call the show. You know, or, 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 or don't call and just sit at home and open a watermelon with your head. <laughs> that was good. She got that right was to good. The point that was that. good. Yeah. Just realize, you know, don't, as Bon Jovi said, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. <laughs> um, hi, Gary. You're on the air in Minneapolis. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, good morning. Yeah, I had a, my father had a weird, the weirdest collection of porn. And he hid it in this, like, trunk where he had, like, all his A-track sets. And I was a big fan of music back when I was a child, so I all of a sudden found it. And I was like, oh, porn, right? Like, I've never seen this before. Uh, I've never seen naked ladies and sex and all that shit. Well, I opened it up. And it's a bunch of pantyhose, like women wearing stockings and wow. men like taking it out of their. Oh, it was the weirdest thing. That's so and weird. You know, like, it, they're like, first of all, your dad had like a, a porn trunk. You know what I mean? Like, that's creepy. Like your dad, like, you know, like, like, like when you find out your dad has sexual needs, it's really kind of freaky. And then if you find out it's in a big trunk with lots of porn. And a pantyhose fetish, you're like, motherfucker, I don't know who this guy is. And I came out of his balls. It's mind-blowing. Well, the thing that bothered me about it for years, Howard, is that, you know, am I, do I have these? You know, did he set me up, right, as my father to, you know, to provide me the type of porn material for me to jerk off to for the rest of my life? I don't know, but I mean, I think I have some weird things, but I, I'm not into pantyhose and stockings and like, I don't know. Me neither. Do you think your dad, do you think your dad was like the Mr. Miyagi of porn? Like he was training you to enjoy pantyhose? <laughs> pantyhose. Who the fuck? What woman looks good in pantyhose? No human being what looks good. What guy can jerk off to them? I don't know, Robin. Get in your pantyhose and let me see if I can get it done. Well, then it was weird because if my mom would ever wear them, I'd look and be like, I, what goes on? What goes yeah. on behind closed doors with those two? You know? Oh, I know what goes on. He doesn't want to see your mom in pantyhose. He wanted to see these other chicks in pantyhose. <laughs> He's probably like, uh, honey, you, you don't need to put on pantyhose. 
Howard, I just ben, uh, I got to Ben, do you want me to put on pantyhose? Yes, I would like that. My mother told me on her wedding night she wore a trousseau. I go, really? Yeah, she believed in those movies that she yeah. saw back then where the woman went into the bathroom and came out in a beautiful lacy thing. Yeah, I had never been with any. So I, someone bought me a trousseau. What? <laughs> Imagine her walking in and titties out and I vey is a mirror. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking uh, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy shit goes down in your life. Yeah, I didn't want to know anything about my parents and sex and certainly my dad jerking off. And But of course, you know, my mom's not putting out. I know her whole attitude. She's like, well, I'll I mean, do guys it, but... jerk off even if women are putting out, don't they? My mother wanted to be like um, a celibate. She uh -huh. wanted to move to India and not have, you know, not have sex. That was, you know, get as far away from sex as possible. She had her two children. That was enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just like. <laughs> that was I, enough sex. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, well, your father has needs. And I'm like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> like, really? Like, let's just leave him. Let, let him go find someone who, I don't know. She seemed to feel no women were that interested in that. She was the only one who would sort of do it with him. So. Oh. I don't know what was going on with those two. Yeah, but, uh, you probably don't want to know because mm -hmm. they probably had such a bad introduction to sex. You know, they were on two different pages about it. Yeah. She was enduring and he was hoping to get a hot mama. <laughs> You have on your true soul, but uh, I see you're wearing very thick panties. No, those are my hairs. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm having sex with your father for the good of society so I can bring him Howard. Bring society Howard so he contributes uh, his, his radio skills. That's right. Ay, ay, ay. We all came from that deed. Yeah, that's the dirty deed. <laughs> Remember when we were on the air and I said to my mom, Mom, how was I conceived? I have a feeling I was conceived doggy style. <laughs> Doggies, what is that? She goes, what? I'm like, oh, you really want to be with a woman who doesn't know what doggy style? I go, Mom, we're up on all fours. Oh, please. I said, you ever do that? Whatever I did was very good. Believe me. <laughs> I, I don't even think she would do I don't think she would do that. I don't think my mom would get on all fours. I don't. I'm not going to. She would see it as degrading. You know. Well, again, I don't think anything about how women were raised ever. A lot of them never thought of sex as something you have fun with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, my mom never had fun. Her entire <laughs> life. I don't think she ever had fun. <sighs> I don't know if she was high or what, but she said to me uh, recently, like, I don't even know what love is. I don't know if I've ever been in love. Jeez. And I went, Mom, I'm sitting right here. You don't know if you've been in love? <laughs> oh, with you? <laughs> of course. Of course. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, I attribute it to the drugs that I have her on.
<laughs> that she's opening up like this. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure what reality we're in. You know what I mean? Oh my god! You talk about reality. I. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the guys played me a clip from Bill Maher's new podcast where he was actually dumping on me, saying, um, "It's so funny." I haven't spoken to Bill Maher in so long. You know, I had years where I didn't talk to him because we were right. not friends. But then I thought I, we buried the hatchet. We did. In fact, I went out to L.A. and I was doing I was dead tired. And uh, Bill had asked me to come on his show and he came on our show and it had gone very well. And so I said, you know, don't be a dick. And I remember I was not I was just really tired and I wanted to go home. And uh, Bill uh I said to Bill, I'll come do your show. And I just I just remember being in the green room there going, I, you know, just want to go home. Just want right. to go home. I, I just I just wasn't feeling it. But I did it and I did the show as a favor to him uh, because he because we were repairing a relationship. But uh, yeah, he took a big shot at me. He goes, uh, when was this? When was yeah, this? A I don't recent? even know. I guess it's recent because the guy sent it to me. But um so he had Julian Lennon as a guest, who I'm actually okay. quite fond of. Remember Julian yeah. Lennon from I the back of the day? Julian. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So Bill goes, basically, he says, Howard Stern always gets on the radio and says he loves his wife. I've never been criticized for this, but he's, he goes, but haven't we had enough of that? Like, um, what about his first wife? She must feel, I feel really bad for her. So I go, what? What a sexist thing to say. Like, what a convoluted, nutty thing to say. Like, you're assuming, he says, it must hurt her feelings that I'm in love with a different one. It's assuming that he knows something about my first marriage that, of course, the man must be leaving the woman and the woman must be devastated. And be sitting around pining away for her famous and man. And still listening to your every word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was laughing because Julian Lennon goes, well, I, I think it would depend on the situation. You don't know the circumstances of their divorce, but it didn't. It didn't. didn't um, phase it, Bill. It, no, he no. kept with his, his uh, line and of then, questioning. No, it amped him up and he goes, Stupid Hollywood celebrities. First of all, I don't even live in Hollywood, but I'm evidently a stupid <laughs> Hollywood celebrity. And he goes, I don't want to start him with Howard Stern. We finally made up, but he ought to shut his mouth. I mean, I don't think I come on the air every day and say I love my wife, but I thought it was a pretty positive message to, especially with my audience, to say to guys, instead of like ragging on our wives, how about talking about that we appreciate them and love them, but evidently he's very worried about my relationship well this is a guy uh, you know and i put myself in this category i've never been married right fine. i've never wanted to devote my life to anybody fine and neither has he he right. has no idea how that works so how yep. could he comment on it i don't know but he 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 felt very comfortable taking a shot at me so I did something I'd never done before. I wrote him an email. I said, why don't you give me a phone call? Why don't you, oh. why don't you tell me what you think about my life and my marriage? Since you're, you know, 
of course, he never never wrote me back. Cause oh, you didn't do this last he, night. This was oh, a few I did days it last. Ago? I, no, I did it yesterday when I when I heard the clip. I said, "Why don't you I give see. me a call and I'll explain to you about my life." You don't need to explain or justify yourself to anybody. No, I just wanted to see how brave he was. If he was brave <laughs> enough to call me and actually get on the phone with me and uh, zero response, I don't care though. He can think what he wants. So is and, this um, that 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 part the where podcast he gets where he smokes on weed? The podcast and smokes weed. Yeah. Well, as long as we're being honest, I mean, really, dude, you're. Om- I think you're almost seventy years old. We get it. You <laughs> smoke weed. I mean, he sits there and smokes weed. Like, like, wow, look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm smoking weed, dude. I'm smoking weed. I can't believe I'm smoking weed. <laughs> like, and it seems to me that the guest doesn't smoke weed that much. It all depends on the guest, I would imagine. So I guess he went into a ramble about me. I guess somehow. I mean, here he is with Julian Lennon. I'm sure (laughs) Julian isn't there to talk about you. No, Julian was kind of making sense. He was just like, you know, hey, man, I think. But uh, my point is he didn't come on the show to talk about somebody else. I'm sure he's there promoting something or doing something. I guess when you're wasted, you tend to kind of get off on a tangent. Maybe that's the whole point of the show. But anyway, so I think I'm no longer friends with him. Well, if you he know, has I mean, these underlying feelings of resentment and hatred, yeah. why would you be? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I went out of my way to do that dumb show. I mean, I mean, I love that show, so I'm not I'm not going to knock it, but. I just went out of my way. I don't like doing TV shows. I've done so many of them in my career. And Bill, if you don't like him, there's no reason to kiss his ass to get on this show. Yeah. And and, and by the way, this is what happens when Bill doesn't have writers. He just goes into a ramble about somebody's life that he knows nothing about. But who cares in the end? It's so exhausting. But it was just kind of out of the blue, you know. But, you know, for years. You know, it was like, oh, uh, I I like Howard, but I can't do the show, you know. And then he comes back and it's a nice reunion. And then this, yeah. this is stupid. Well, it's the way he feels. He feels but that my somehow. Point is, if you always felt that way, why all the other stuff? Don't ever do this show. Yeah. And don't have Howard was a... on your show. No big and deal. I don't, I don't mind him saying in sort of a generic way. Why do guys who, um, you know, are in other relationships, you know, say they love their wives or something? I mean, it, whatever the convoluted thought is there, I don't mind that a guy says that on his show. But singing me, singling me out and, and then saying stupid Hollywood uh, jerk offs or whatever, you know, lumping me in as if like uh, I've done something wrong because I love my wife and I like saying it. I think it's really important to say you love your wife. I don't know. Well, uh, people do that with girlfriends, too. You're not supposed to do that. You know, they had one girlfriend. They loved her. Then it broke up. They find another one and go, oh, my God, I love this woman. Well, it's I should have checked with... It's a regular thing that human beings do. I should have checked with Bill and found out when the statute of limitations is up, when you can say you love your wife. <laughs> anyway, I just thought, I was like, what the fuck? Smack me! I love how you're supposed to be superior to other human beings. Everybody's doing what you just said. Yeah, whoever they're with, that's who they love. 
And they might have been with somebody before. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument. It's very hurtful to um, go on the air and say, I I uh, bang multiple women. I have multiple relationships. I don't have relationships. <laughs> well, you know, a big shot. Well, anyway, I have a new rule. No saying you love your wife. New rule. <laughs> don't say it, especially if you've been married before. Um, only say you love your wife if you've only been married once. That's the new rule. There you go. Let's go to Raymond. Raymond, you're on the air. Wow, Howard. Great talking to you. Robert, hello. Hello. Um, now. Awesome. Hey, Bill Maher has never been married, and um, I don't think he gets it. But I will say, um, I'm, I'm a, you know, past two years, I've, I'm a, become an a avid listener. I've been trying to turn my girlfriend over the past year on to you. And the hook points that have really gotten me plus points are that how you talk about Beth and how you devote your love for it. Man, without that, I don't think I could I could hook her with all the fart jokes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, well, so, here's the yeah. other thing, too. I'm in a weird position. I, my whole act, if you will, my whole being on the radio is being honest with my audience. And uh, I try to be as I don't I don't share everything, but I try to share a lot of my life. I mean, uh, you know, talking about certain things isn't always easy. And I think I think that I um, I like to show, especially the men in my audience, that I have a very loving heart and that, you know, a lot of guys are embarrassed by having a loving heart. It makes you feel like, oh, that men will think I'm weak. If I say I love my wife or men will think, you know, you don't do that kind of thing. It shows weakness. It shows weakness. And quite frankly, it takes a lot of strength to buck the system and say, you know, you know, no, I, I really I have a soft side and I and, I, and it's tender. And uh, we need some of that in the world. I think people are fucking hating on each other so much. And so I think it's very important. And also, you can't assume anything about anybody's relationship. No one knows what went down in my in my relationships with my ex or, or you know, they, they don't know what it was to assume that I'm hurting someone. You don't even know that. It's just mm -hmm. tremendously judgmental. Now, I'm not saying I'm not judgmental. I judge everything. It's part of what I do. And Bill can judge whatever he wants. But it's uh, an odd thing know, to attack, though. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about me, honestly. When he says we're friends, we're not friends. I mean, we're friends on the air. In other words, I, I would, I did his show and, and uh, he has done my show and I really enjoy him as a guest. But, um, you know, he also has a reputation of being a tremendous asshole. I, I, I'm really? not going to mention any names, but I was in conversation <laughs> with two very famous people the other day telling me what an asshole he is. But Ooh. I don't feel that way about the guy. I feel he's uh, I just think he should maybe back off the pot a little bit as long as we're judging everybody. You know, yeah. maybe maybe he's getting a little confused. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe maybe put down the pipe. For well, like really, just, just attack, you know, bad politicians. Leave yeah. everything else alone. You're really yeah. good at that. Yeah, he's great at it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> stick to, stay in your lane, dude. Anyway. And, and if, I, if I can just hit on one other thing about what my girlfriend is, loves hearing about. Man, after the show, 
<laughs> she she's gotten this weird thing where she likes watching me jerk off. And I don't know if it's some sort what, of power this is move. jerking off show. <laughs> yeah, she she I've never experienced this before, but she likes to watch it and I'm into it. Um, but I had a girlfriend know, uh, once. I had a girlfriend once who enjoyed watching me jerk. She'd say, "Why don't you like if you know we were?" And she said, "Why don't you jerk it off or something?" And I went, "I know what this is about." She she doesn't want to fuck me. She wants to watch <laughs> me jerk off. So I was like, you know what? I think I ought to bail out of this. You know oh what I mean? Man. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, get it. I, like, I'd be like, if I didn't want to fuck someone, I'd say, hey, can I just watch you jerk off? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, oh, geez, it's something about what, what when you talk about Beth, though, I swear, it's, it's nonstop. It's like she sees lovey-dovey look in her eyes, and she just wants to watch me jack off. I have no clue where that comes from, but um man thank you i guess but uh, all right well hey as long as you like it hey i had one question for you man um so you know i know you got a lot of a lot of good friends in high places you john bon jovi um you know um i know he's invested in some sports teams just wondering if you ever had an opportunity to i'm sure you have but been approached to uh invest in some sort of sports team and i know you're not in no i would never um, invest in a sports team i don't know i don't have any interest in sports i i don't I mean, I like watching a football game here and there. Uh, basketball, I like watching, but I wouldn't, I mean, invest in a sports team. First of all, you'd have to really know something because uh, when it comes to investing, I don't know jack shit. So like, I'd be afraid to like put up money and it's, it sounds like something I would lose money in. You know what I mean? All of a sudden be like, yeah. wait a Howard minute. Stern, if you get into uh, an I know. NBA franchise. No, I understand, or, but here's what would happen. Losing money. You'd have to be the worst. <laughs> I would be the one guy to lose money. It would be like, it would be like this. Howard Stern today bought, um, uh, 50% of the New York Jets. And then like you'd read a year later that. Oh, the the only team in football that is losing money right now. Nobody wants to buy the New York Jets. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the hell? It just always happens, you know? You know? Well, I, I think of it more of the soccer realm. You, know, you hear about Ryan Reynolds and that success that's going on over there. I don't know what what team that is. But um, I just wonder, just wonder what kind of opportunities they've got. Yeah, that's another way you can go. You can buy a... Um, I think you buy it. Like the, the, I used to read about guys who buy teams. There's like sometimes it's sports I haven't even heard of, like pickleball or something. You know what right, I mean? Like, like he he bought this minor, you know, like this team in this town that had no nothing going for it, and yeah, they yeah, built right. it up. Yeah. Yeah, I bought a, uh, yeah. a, a not a professional team, but a, like a, a, a semi-pro team, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> sounds like you're gonna lose all your money. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not interested in that, and. Um, no, no one's ever approached me. No one's ever said, "Hey, uh, we need you as an owner of this team." <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's, it hasn't happened. And people aren't looking for me. You know. Oh shit! It's already eight fifteen. The fuck? What are we doing? And all we've talked about is jerking off. Jerking <laughs> off, and Bill Mark criticizing me because I said I love my wife. <laughs> uh. Gee, I never. Th all the things I get criticized for, I would think. Loving my wife might be one I might be praised for. I don't know. Well, that's Maybe. why I said it's an odd thing to, to mm. come down on you for. It's funny, actually. Oh, it doesn't Crazy, make any sense. It's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. Well, in his defense, he was wasted at the time, I assume. I, he look, yeah, that's like saying uh, I should feel bad for... Uh, 
Mel Gibson because he was <laughs> drunk when he said all those things. Yeah, he didn't mean any of that shit. He just was drunk. <laughs> I love when people go, yeah, I was on Ambien and I said some weird stuff. And I go, dude, I've done Ambien. I never said anything like that. Didn't make me a racist. Yeah, I had a drink. Yeah. I never went out screaming, you know, crazy. <laughs> the N-word. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. What else did I read? I was reading something online about somebody was talking about how um i don't know i don't know it's like a, not a not a i don't know what newspaper or anything but they were saying that i had been fired from america's got talent and i'm hiding a secret oh i really? said well if i was that fired I don't, well i mean i guess in a way if you want to interpret the facts that way i you know again i, I you know i read this stuff and i go I guess they got to sell newspapers, but I didn't even think anybody was interested in America's Got Talent. The only thing I could think is, is that like it somehow is generated by Simon Cowell, who still feels still uh. feels guilty for lying to me. And even said in this article that I never commented on it. I'm hiding it. And I went, well, here's the way I remember it. And he said, well, the first season I did America's Got Talent, I came in and the ratings were low, so they wanted to fire me. But yet, for some reason, they kept me for three more years. This was the article, I'm saying. And I went, well, from what I remember, they hired me because the ratings were dropping. And yeah, I did the show, and then the ratings weren't dropping that much. I guess they had dropped somewhat, but they were like the bleeding stopped. And then we started to do the show. And I think in year two, I wanted to leave. And they said, please don't leave. Stay. And so I stayed on for year three, and I was convinced that was it. And the reason was, I, I felt like between the radio show and this, it, like, I like doing the radio show, and America's Got Talent wasn't sort of my vision of my career. It was funny to do for a season or two, yeah, but now it was turning into a gig. thing for you to be doing, yeah. And I was looking for more free time in my life. And then this, in year three, I... um like Simon Cowell showed up at the show. He didn't have a gig at that time, except over in England. He wanted to be on American television. And I remember him. He saw me there, and I saw him staring at me the whole fucking time. And I said to my wife afterwards, I go, uh-oh, this fucking guy, he had, you know, I could see the wheels turning in him. He was freaking out how popular I was on the show and sort of, you know, when I stand up, you know, the crowd was very, very into it or whatever. I said, oh, boy. So then there was a hack of Sony and it all his emails to this Sony executive came out where he said, please, let me come to America's Got Talent. I want to replace Howard Stern and I'll work much cheaper. <laughs> I want his job. It basically was the email. This is the way I this is the way I remember it. I'm sure my agent does, too. And my agent and I were like, what the fuck? Simon Cowell calls me and says, you know, Howard, that is not true. I go, what? Your emails aren't true? No, you know I would never try to take your job and, and offer myself for less money. I said, Simon, uh, look, it's fine. I don't know you, but what do you mean it's not true? It's your email. What What am I, Is imbecile? somebody else writing in your email again? Yeah, yeah like, like in other words, you mean <laughs> someone hacked your email and then they hacked into... So, I mean, that's it's your email to your buddy saying, Jesus Christ, I wish I could be on the show instead of Howard Stern. So fucking weird how people, I mean, I remember exactly what happened. So I I was talking to uh, Meredith R. and uh, the British guy who used to run NBC, who ran the whole thing. 
And they came to me in year four and said, do you want to continue doing it? And I said, I don't think I do. I'm kind of done. And they, they had a long talk with me and asked me to be on America's Got Talent. And they said, please stay. And I said, sure. I was Paul Telegdi. I had a brain fart. That name was going through my mind, and I mm. said, I don't know whether it was Paul Telegdi or not. I'm not going to say anything. And I said, <laughs> I even said, I'll do one more year, but I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I, I'm done because, I, you know, I got a radio career. The other judges, you know, they're fine. They're doing their thing. And I said, beside, I read in the paper, Simon Cavill's dying to get on. You can get him for a lot less money. <laughs> I mean, that was it. And uh, and so I guess. And then the head of there's a British company that runs America's Got Talent. She met with me and said, look, I love working with you. Would you we own a ton of game shows and things. Would you like to do your own show? And I said, oh, like, what do you mean? They go, well, you know, anything you want to host. I said, well, I'm not going to go further into it, but a bunch of shows were presented because these shows have been on the air with other people and I'm not looking to fucking throw them under the bus because they think they were their first, the first choice for these shows. And I said, well, one of these shows I'm sort of interested in, but I got to tell you, I'm trying to clear time in my schedule. I want time for my family and, you know, I got a radio show. I said, it's probably bad timing for me. If you'd said this to me 30 years ago, I would have, you know, come in my pants. But um, I'm going to pass. So as far as being fired, I don't know. It seemed like everybody wanted me to continue on to host my own show. They seemed every year to ask me. I mean, there's no truth well, to the look, story. I, look at this. The, the, if they didn't want you, why when you said I need one location to have everybody come here and audition for me? Yeah, they did it. I, they yeah. changed the whole show for somebody they didn't want. Somebody this, who wasn't this article. Out. This article <laughs> sounds almost again like Simon Cowell trying to rewrite history. Mm. I think he's got some bug up his ass about me. I don't know what it is. I know well, he lied to my out face. There seems to have a bug about you. I mean, nobody's. You know, you're not doing anything. You sit here, you get uh, attacked for loving your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that I've been fired from America's Got Talent. Which, by the way, I think I was on America's Got Talent like 10 years. I don't even know how many years it's been. I don't know that anybody even cares. I, why would you care? But, I mean, such a... Who cares about that story that, you know, you're still here and you're still I doing what you want to do. Why is somebody raking up AGT? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird stuff. JC, you're on the air in Kentucky. Good old Kentucky. Hey, Howard. Hey, first of all, fuck Bill Maher. Fuck Simon Cowell. Why you even <laughs> worry about those two? <laughs> I wasn't worried. I thought it would be fun to talk well, about I on the air. I, I wasn't even going to talk about it, honestly. I don't even give a shit. Well, let me tell you why I've loved this show for years and years. Uh, one day, you could be talking about Ronnie getting pegged. You could be talking about farts, jerking off. And then the very next day, you could have Paul McCartney on, or you could have Springsteen on. Tomorrow, you got Paul Simon. Who else can do I can't that? wait. Tomorrow? I and guess I so. I don't know. Will, I mean, your interview with Paul Simon tomorrow will be just will be as great as the Springsteen, as the McCartney in the past. I got to be honest with you. Years ago, I would sometimes get a little frustrated with your interviews because sometimes I felt like maybe you 
you'd interrupt the uh, inter- the person a yep. little bit too much, and I would get frustrated. But now, Howard, I mean, you're, you're the best interviewer in the biz now. I mean, HBO's uh, your interviewer was Springsteen on there. I mean, you know, you're you've grown as a great interviewer, and then tomorrow you after. Paul Simon, you could be talking about parks. I mean, I love it. I mean, so these guys that are starved for attention, like Bill Maher, whose ratings are suck, and you're still going strong. Don't worry about it. We love. All right, you. I'm, I'm, thank you Fred. for the pep talk. We love. Thank you. You got it. Thanks, that one. Right. That was the other thing. Too. Well, thank you. It's very nice. But uh, that's the other thing with America's Got Talent. It was like, you know. It was fun to do to be on a network show. I'd never done anything like that before, but it's kind of a dumb job. You know what I mean? In the end, I, I was like, I did it for four seasons. I, I didn't know. What, I mean, how much more of it could I do? It started to be redundant. You know what I mean? It was kind of like mm-hmm. I'm sitting there at the judge's desk saying the same shit. And, and after a while, too, it was just like, this isn't the vision I had for my career, like to be part of an ensemble of judges and you know, it, but it was fun. It was fine. I mean, it was it was fun the first year or two, and then it got to be kind of too much. But I don't know. I didn't. I just read the article. I was like, oh, that's just not the way it happened for me anyway. But uh, this isn't my point of view. I don't see no. what I felt was going on anywhere in the article. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if. I'm sure if someone had called me, I wouldn't have responded anyway because I don't give two fucks what right. they think. But uh, just setting the record straight for the guy who wrote the article. Ira, hi, you're on the air. How you doing? Good morning. I have to say that you were really the only honest judge on America's Got Talent. I, how many times does Harry Mandel say, wow, I've never seen that before? It's an aerialist. You've seen that every season. You've seen that at every <laughs> show and everything. <laughs> Uh, Howie's a good dude. I, I don't. I don't dump on Howie, but but I got to tell you, your point is well taken. I mean, you can only see so many squirrels on on water skis before you burn out. I mean, you know, like I remember what it was for me. I think I was in my third season, and I said I kind of stopped doing this. It was so late at night, and we had to sit outdoors. And don't forget, I had a radio show to do the next day. So, like you know, I I do put a lot of energy into this thing, and. um and I think that's why it's lasted so long. So it's like, oh, I got to get up early. I got to. So they ha- they're holding us there at night because the squirrel is on water skis. There's some sort of fucking problem with the camera and how they're going to shoot it. And I was just like, you know what? I just stood up. I said, you guys got 10 minutes to shoot this and I'm out of here. I, I, I mean, I got to go home. It was like it was with the sun. I was watching the sunset and I went. I'm trying to find, as I get older, I'm trying to find some free time in my life. And I'm sitting here waiting for a squirrel to, to, to water ski. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, and, and, you know, and, and, and again, you know, Heidi is really nice. I really liked her, but she's got a lot of time to watch a squirrel on water skis. You know, she was very excited about it. She had her kids there with her. I mean, it was like a daycare center. So it was like, you know, and. I don't think uh, Mel B was all that busy, and I mean, maybe she was. I don't know. Maybe she had a meeting with the Spice Girls. I don't know what sh- what they. I don't know what the other judges' deals were. I know Howie did some stand up shows, so maybe he had to go. But Nick Cannon was going out of his mind. He had he had to go fuck some girls or something. I don't know what he had to do, but everyone was pretty happy when I said, "Guys, it's enough already." Yeah, I'm sure you got the shot. Let's let, come on, come on. The squirrel 
Give the squirrel a break. I mean, and fuck. anytime you went outside, it was to see something really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was, was you know, one smart thing that happened outside. One night I'm out there, a guy drove a truck into a wall. That was the act. Yeah, he just took yeah. his truck and drove right into the fucking wall. <laughs> and I'm like, are these guys going to die? I think maybe somebody did. I don't know. Not die, but got hurt. I don't even know. I don't remember. I don't remember a thing about it. But it was so long ago. But I don't remember I being fired. You know, I, I think I think I had just run out. I had run my course. And what about the guy being shot out of the cannon? You know, and how many times have you seen that at the circus? And all the other judges were always saying, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It is kind of a wow when you see a guy jump from a really, like, tall building into a tiny rubber pool that kids use to swim in. I got to admit, I mean, I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. But then the next week, the guy come back and he jumping into the pool again. I go, well, you know. Okay, yeah, that's but the I saw whole that. Act. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go to the circus every week. He doesn't do <laughs> any more than that. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, whatever. Hey, Fred, you're on the air. Hey, so good to talk to you. I wanted to ask if you heard about Bill Maher crossing the picket line or threatening to with the writer's strike and then walking that back. Yeah, I'm not. Listen, I don't know that much about that, and you know what? Who cares? I'm, I mean, I mean, I do care about the the guys. I have so many friends who are fucking hurting right now. But uh, listen, that's for uh, smarter minds than mine to to report on and talk about. I I don't know. I, actually, I just don't even know what he did. I know there was some talk of him coming back, and now he walked it all back. So I don't know what he's up to. Well, yeah, there were a few um, people who decided with their talk shows they were yeah come back, and then they all stopped. Yeah, I think uh, but uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to play that game. But uh, I'm just saying, hey, yeah, I, I do. I do love my wife. I like saying I love my wife. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's good. And I'm and I can I'm not going to assure you, but I can pretty much assure you. I don't think anyone is uh, upset about me loving my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you because love, I happen to know something. I happen to know something about, about my history. Your own life, yeah. My own life, yeah. <laughs> and trust me, nobody's upset about uh, <laughs> Believe me, the guy knows nothing about me. Hey, Ralphie boy, what's up? Uh, first of all, you so don't do that. I would be so annoyed if you did. I get annoyed by that bullshit. It's true, and it's nice, and it's great to hear her, and hear Beth on the air, and hear how much you love her. And it's not like... Bill probably assumes it's bullshit, like you're making up for something, but it's not. You're, you're, uh, uh, you're closer whatever. than ever. A a anyway, it was the greatest on AD AGT because they would go on with those tapings forever, and you would just uh, you would just draw the line. You were like, I have to have 14 hours. It's like, okay, we got 15 minutes left, and they want the and you go, no, that's it. And well, like listen, you, I would. I think I was always you, one thing about me. I was always a gentleman on set. Whatever they wanted me to do, I would do, but. At some yeah, point, but, but they went on know. and on, and yeah, and I mean, at so some point you had to end. You had to end the taping yeah, because the day uh, has to end. Yeah, it was a fifteen-hour day, and uh, you know I'm not getting any younger. Right. You didn't see it though. It was like a movie. Like the the, the crew would be cheering for you. <laughs> yeah, well, the crew, the crew was being obviously. Uh, you know, no one was getting. Um, People were getting antsy because they'd been guaranteed they were leaving. So somebody had to somebody had to say something. Right. So I did. Reason. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do remember. I was like Norma Ray. I remember leaving yeah, the set with people cheering and like exactly. and, and, and carrying me out on their shoulders. <laughs> was that scene in Norma Ray? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do remember that. All right, Ralphie boy, hey, Ralphie hey, wait, boy. Wait, uh, wait, quick, quickly, one more thing. I saw this and I was shocked. Did you see Byron Allen bid ten billion dollars for ABC? Yeah, like Byron Allen is like one of I. I couldn't believe this. I didn't. I don't know anything about Byron Allen except I used to watch him on TV. Sometimes he was a comedian. Yeah, there was some TV show that there was late a whole at group night. of people. No, yeah. no, there were a whole it was late group at of people. Night. It was a cheap show, and it was he was interviewing comedians. And I was like, okay, right. this guy's a hack. But but he oh, no was on this yeah. network show where there were a bunch of different people, and they interviewed different people and introduced segments. It was a variety well, show of some sort. And then when that went away, he started making all of these uh, talking to comedian shows. Yeah, now, I did, you know, yeah, um, and he was on Real People on NBC. You know, he was a well, guy that's who was what like I'm in talking the, about the yeah. Real People show. Yeah, I and did, you know, he was a, ten billion. But yeah, but he was a guy, you know, like, I mean, I knew of him, you know, nice enough guy. You know, he, he was very nice. He seemed, he had some jokes. And then I read in the paper not too long ago, a couple of years ago, that Byron Allen was like a, a billion, multi-billionaire. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, how well, did he, he do that? things that he also doesn't star in. You know, he's got this and it's all syndicated, you know, well, so yeah, he wow. tells you how much you pay him. He currently oh. owns 36 ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox Network affiliate broadcast stations, 21 in the U.S., and 12 24-hour HD television networks. I mean, wow. that's a lot. That's, that's pretty a, amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I like, Whoa, this weird. guy? Yeah. All right, Ralphie. Ralphie's uh, counting uh, Byron Allen's money. I, I was kind of shocked, too. Uh, uh, he snuck up on you. Yeah, he did. I was like, what the fuck? Byron, I, are we talking about Bill Gates here or Byron Allen? It was kind of weird. I was like, I remember him as being, you know, a capable comedian who, uh, who yeah, was likable. He's a businessman. Yeah, geez, is he ever. Hey, Tara. Tara in California. Hey, Howard. How are you? By the way, Ralph, as long as we're evaluating people's wealth, Ralph owns three Iron Man helmets. I don't know if you know that. Replicas. What was Ralph's bid for ABC? Well, <laughs> uh, what can I do for you, Tara? Howard, I don't even know why you think about AGT anymore. You were so much. I don't. I happen to read. I happen. I happen to be reading an article about myself, and I thought, well, maybe I should go on record with my 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 truth. Um, I want to also say that Mamet sucks, and Wolfie's so much better than Mamet. Just on the side note. <laughs> okay. Um, and also, as far as Ronnie's uh, wedding, I think you're going to have to bust out the checkbook for this one, Howard, just because of all of the material that wedding is going to provide. And yeah, I know I said to Ronnie, any chance we could um, broadcast live from your wedding? And he said, well, look, you guys are going to be recording it anyway. You can wait a day. So I, I think I think we're going to go that route. So you should be able to you'll be able to hear all the festivities of Ronnie's wedding. Great. Drunk Ronnie. Can't wait. I can't wait for all the stories to come out of that wedding. It's going to be great. Yeah, definitely. Well, Sal's a, going, right? Sal is going, and it's a three-day thing. It's not just the wedding. You know, they'll be together a long time. Hey, dudes, where's that tape of um, Blit busting Ronnie's balls the other day? I was just listening to it. To Thanks, Tara. Um, but 
Blit was interviewing Ronnie about the wedding, and I know Blit gets under Ronnie's skin real fast. I mean, because Blit asks ridiculous <laughs> questions of Ronnie, but Ronnie, instead of saying that's ridiculous, Dude. just gets he amps up and gets crazy. Isn't he supposed to be calm now because of the hypnotist and all of the tapes he gave him to not be angry? Ronnie is so angry. I, I think in my lifetime, and I, believe me, I'm an angry guy too, but I've never seen anybody with the level of anger that Ronnie has. It's insane. I mean, it's so on the surface. That doesn't take anything to stir it up and get him growling and screaming. Here, here's a Blit wedding talk with Ronnie here. Blit just brings up like the first dance, like what's going to happen? Anything it just sets Ronnie <laughs> off. It's just, it's, here, listen to this. I was listening to last night. I go, so many Jesus. triggers. I go, he's so fucking angry, you know? Welcome to Wedding Talk with Ronnie Mund. First dance. Are you having a first dance with your fiance, Stephanie? I don't know if we're even doing that shit. We, 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 we've been talking about it. Would you do a solo dance? Just you? No, this is not a monkey show for the fucking show, okay? I was just at a wedding last week where the groom did a solo dance. Don't give me that shit. I've been to a hundred fucking weddings. Nobody does that. But are you going to dance? Yeah, I'll dance with Stephanie. It, it doesn't mean it's a first dance, though. Who will do the first dance, then? There won't be any first dance. It'll just be a fucking DJ playing music. Could anybody start dancing before you and Stephanie is my question. If we don't do a first dance, yeah. Let's say there's no first dance. Right. And the DJ puts on a fucking chubby checker twist. And he says, come on, everybody, get up. Then you get up and fucking dance. But then we need to wait for the DJ to say, get up on the dance floor and dance. Well, wouldn't that make sense if there was no music on? Let's say there's some kind of nice music playing. Could we dance? Dance on the fucking table. I don't give a shit. It's true. And the, the, what I like, too, is like, Ronnie's marrying this young girl and like he's referencing Chubby Checker's twist as the first right. dance. I mean, like, you know, you gotta Ronnie's Ronnie's musical reference is Chubby Checker, a hit in the fifties or so maybe early sixties. Before you know what I mean? he was born. Yeah, yeah. Like who knows? <laughs> this fucking guy's gonna get on there and play some Perry Como or some shit. <laughs> Everybody up and dance. Ah, come on, baby. Let's do the twist. Do, do. Great song. Come on, baby. Uh, uh, I mean, Chubby rarely, is listening, and he always wants to know what we're going to say about the twist. We love it, Chubby. We love it, Chubby. Don't worry. It's the best. Do. I wish there were 50 more twist sequels. Rarely are weddings described as angry affairs, but this will be a first. I mean, Ronnie just seems so angry that he's getting married. You know, it's... Uh, Here's some, you want to hear some more blit getting under Ronnie's skin? I mean, it's ridiculous. Sure. Yes. Right. Wedding talk with Ronnie Mund. The welcome party. So a few days before the wedding, you're hosting a welcome party. What time does that start and end? Eight o'clock. Yeah, it's not a dinner party. I think we could do like all desserts, dessert bar, booze bars. It's not dinner. Do what you want. Dinner before, dinner after. I don't care. Well, dinner after wouldn't make sense because if you're serving sweets. Do what you fucking want. It's a welcome party. It's not a fucking dinner party. But sweets. Hmm. So you should tell people that, though. That's not my problem, dude. I'm not calling everybody one by one to tell them to what we're serving. Yeah. So make a choice. Eat before or eat after. Let's 
let them do what the fuck they want, dude. You don't Jeez. have to be there exactly 8 o'clock either. You can go to fucking have dinner and get there when you get there. Right. That's probably the best move. What time does it end at? I have no idea what time it's going to end. Oh, so it could go until whenever. But the bartender won't be there the whole night. What time does the bartender leave? I don't know. Can guests order room service at the welcome party? No. Go to your own room and order fucking room service. And bring it to your thing or no? No, don't bring it to my... Eat it in your fucking room. Not in my room. It's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous. Wow. It's a, it's a fucking welcome party. Fuck it. Fuck everything. I think we're going to have fuck. desserts and shit. <laughs> shit. There's going to be a big pile of shit next to the desserts. <laughs> Evidently, the welcome party is in Ronnie's suite. Uh, from what I've learned from Ronnie. What? Um, yeah, like you're going to go to Ronnie's suite and they'll serve oh. sweets because it's a suite. <laughs> oh, I mean, my God. He goes from zero to 60. I'm so fast. He just goes, get furious. Yeah, I get it. Like, uh, I understand he's annoyed or something that he's getting married. I don't even, I don't know. He seems to be annoyed that he's getting married and annoyed that he has to have a wedding, but, mm-hmm. but he, he's so angry about it. Dude, you're so angry. Uh, I didn't know if I was supposed to come on out. I just sure. I put but you, you just seem angry. Just, uh, I text Jason, but he didn't answer. Um, dude, if it, do you hear these questions from Blit? Yeah, I mean, but so it's like he's obviously. Dude, are you, they really you're, not, you're not on this. You're not at this meeting. This goes on for an hour, hour and a half. It just keeps going. It doesn't stop. With yeah, but these I mean, crazy it's like ass questions. All right. It's so insane. let's say I say to you, "Can I just coach you a little bit here?" In my opinion, you go. There's nothing guy to goes coach. to you. Well, well, he goes, "Hey, what? What is a welcome party?" Well, we, you know what? If when people get there at eight o'clock, we're going to serve some desserts. Okay. And well, so what do we? And that's it. Hang out. But listen to you now. You're fucking angry even now about it. No, but just angry. It's just so aggravating when he, he drives you out of your mind. You just don't. But when the guy just, says to you, what time is the welcome party? It makes you insane. I don't know. Fuck, get there for eight o'clock. Fuck you. You know, it's like you're yeah, crazy. Because he, he comes. He Listen, the other day, I don't know if you heard the, the shit from Friday. This past Friday. He gets uh, on and he's, go, he's going to me. Uh, I'm the man. That everybody comes to with these questions. What should I wear to this party? Okay. And all this kind of stupid shit. What, nobody's asking him. What if you go, I don't really know. I mean, uh, I guess th- what I'm going to wear is a suit. You know, or no, something like that. I'm not wearing a fucking suit. No, it's casual. I'm giving you an, I don't know what you're wearing. I'm giving you an example. I'm trying to help you here. Now, see, you're in the no, wrong. He, who is he? He's not the but social Ron. media person. But Ronnie, Nobody's coming hear to him with questions. But Ronnie, don't blame even Blit. When you proposed Listen to Stephanie, much. you started screaming at her. Open up the Wait. fucking box, you fucking, you know, like, 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 you're angry, dude. You and this Ronnie, are, you yeah, are you still doing the hypnotherapy, Ronnie? Like, are you still listening yeah. to those tapes? Yeah, actually, I just got a new one the other day. Uh, Dr. Schmarin there. He sent uh, he sent me a new one. It's really good. Really good. Really good. He, well, so, uh, maybe you should listen to it. Not working. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did listen to it. <laughs> Jesus. How angry would you be without Dr. Schmarin? Uh, well, yeah, no, if Dr. Schmarin wasn't in his life, he would be in, in that Pennsylvania prison. I'm telling you. <laughs> Here's Ronnie with more grandpa. wedding talk. Wedding talk with Ronnie Mund, the meal. And uh, excited about the food? Is there different types of cuisine? 
food stations. I never like to sit down dinner at, at weddings. It's always filet mignon, fish, chicken, you know, and that's it. You know, this you got like, it's all stations. Pasta station, I think. You don't like that? So have some tacos. You don't like that? Have have some tomahawk steak. You don't like that? Have having some kind of big fucking pork in roast. Bunch of shit. And then I'm sure there'll be a lot of food. How do you feel about guests preparing like a doggy bag to take home with them? There's food there for them to take. Let them take it. Will there be containers or no? No, there's no containers. Fucking asshole. Can guests bring their own little Tupperware containers to bring food? I don't give a shit. If they're that fucking stupid, that desperate for food, oh my God, yeah, bring a paper bag, then I don't care. That's a good tip for your guests to know. You don't have to inform them, okay? If you're that fucked up that you have to bring Tupperware, be my guest. Jesus. Again, I mean, it's a stupid question. I agree with you. Can they, people bring a doggy <sighs> bag? But you just go, hey, John, you know. It's not it. the half of it, dude. You don't really? even know. All right. You don't even right. know. Right. So you're right. saying that you are calm at the start of these things. I'm calm. When it first, I get on, oh, yeah, how's everything? Blah, blah, blah. And then the shit starts. Let me see. <laughs> Welcome to Wedding Talk with Ronnie Mund. Speeches. Is anyone saying a speech? Not that I know can anyone commandeer a, a mic, say a few words, or no? Is that forbidden? It's not forbidden, but it's if it's going to be something stupid and, and insulting. It's not forbidden if it's gonna... not for 20, 25 people to fucking go up there one after the other. No. What's the the amount of people who? I don't know, dude. Don't don't start this shit because you're going to put all these ideas in Sal's head and Richard's head, <laughs> and every, don't, don't even start this shit, man. Okay, I'm not putting ideas into anyone's head. Yeah, you. I don't have that power. Yeah. Especially in this day and age, people need to know the do's and don'ts. Who? What people? The guests. You don't have to be the point man. You don't have to tell anybody anything. People are asking. You're full of shit. Nobody fucking asked that. <laughs> <laughs> You're so amped up, man. This is what I hope this is. Good. You see I hope what you I mean? have fun. I hope you have fun at the wedding. I'm going to have a blast. Yeah. All right. Try and calm down. No, I'm calm. <laughs> yeah, okay. be. yeah. No, I know you're irked about the money and everything, and man, you know, I know um, you. I'm one, be, I'm, be, I'm beyond that now. I heard your. I heard one of the rules is no one's allowed to switch seats. In other words, wherever you assign the seat, you got to sit. Right? No, they 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 can listen. Oh, you need a place to sit down and eat, right? Right. Right. You know, most people don't. They hang around. You know, they have their food, and then they're up walking around. Or, Whatever they're doing, sure. dancing, smoking. Yeah. I don't give a shit what they do. One thing but guests this, sh shouldn't do this, is take name shut cards. Up. Once okay. they sit down, when they sit down to have dinner, that's where they sit. Okay. I think I Fair. we just finished doing the tables. That was another thing. Oh, my God. Doing tables, it was insane. It's hard. It's hard to figure out who should sit with who. I know yeah. that. Yeah. My daughter's wedding was like that. I know she called me. Dad, who do you think should sit here? I go, honey, you got to handle that. I. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Whatever would make I think, you happy. I think we did a good job, hopefully. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? You never can it do took a good enough job. all afternoon Saturday. Holy crap. I remember my wedding where people came to me afterwards so they didn't like where they were seated. Believe it or not, people had the balls to say something. Really? Felt, uh, well, yeah, they didn't like hey, it. Well, what, hey, can I, what can I say? I tried my yeah. best. We both did. 
Wow. Who was the hard one to see? Like, who did you say? I don't know. Like, did you say, I don't know where to put Bubba the Love Sponge? Or, like, who are the people? That oh, no, really no, no. Different? Bubba was, I know where to, I knew where to put him. Um, you put him in another uh, wedding. <laughs> no, not at all. No, Bubba's fun. Really, Bubba's fun. I can't, I can't even believe he's coming, to be honest with you. He's coming. He's coming. No, I know. He told I said me I he's coming. Yeah, I know. I can't believe he's coming. He's coming. He's coming, Ron. Both, both parties. Right. Oh, he's excited about it. But who is hard to like when you think through your whole guest list where you and Stephanie went, oh, fuck, where do we put this person? Who is who is really hard who is to hard seat? hard to seat? A uh, couple of friends. A couple of friends was... was uh, Kurt Busch probably because you're probably like... No, oh, no, no, no. His his table was fine. His table all was All NASCAR easy. guys? All, all NASCAR guys? Well, some NASCAR people, yeah. Uh, a couple, and a couple of... Uh, well, who was hard? A couple of friends. I don't want to mention names. Okay. Anyone from work that we know? As, um, not really. No, I okay. think I got that under control. All right. What about uh, what's his Carl. name? Was it? All right. Never mind. Are all what the about show people at the same table? Say that again. Are all the show people at the same table? Well, there's more than one table for the show people. There's a lot of people. All right. Well, there you go. The, the tables are like the tables are like um, like all the show people. Uh, all the tables are next to each other, pretty much. Um, yeah. All right. Instead well, of table numbers, that's it's a exotic dancers. Instead of numbers, the tables are named after exotic dancers. He's such an asshole. See what I mean? What, this is what I this is what I go through. It's it was just a suggestion. He didn't take it. I thought it'd be all right. All right. Let's, don't bust Ronnie's balls. He's already on edge. I think he's nervous about this whole thing. It's gonna be a great simcha. It's gonna be a beautiful wedding. What the hell are you right. talking about? All right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. There's your update. Thank you, Tara. Love you. Love you. She wanted an update. Well, I'm glad she called. That was very interesting. Hi, Marianne. Marianne from Brooklyn, everyone. Everyone loves Marianne. Howard, I love you so much. First of all, I'm so glad you addressed Bill Maher on the air. Let that pussy, you know, call you back like a man. Second of all, I was at all the AGTs, Howard. I was there when Simon Cowell came snooping around with his still yep. his baby mama. He still didn't get married yet, Howard. And you know what? A year before that, I had seen Beth at her book signing, and she wanted you to get out of that because it was too draining on you. You stand alone, Howard. You have your own show. You don't need to be... All right, all right. I know all that. Thank you. She's a she sweetheart. She likes but, to reinforce. Yeah. To reinforce. She's worried that I'm going to crack one day. And I'm okay, Mary. And believe me, none of this really kind of rocks me. Um, quite frankly, I'm kind of complimented that after all these years of being on the radio that like anyone, Bill Maher or Simon Cowell or anybody would even care to dredge up anything. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. About my marriage or. Or anything. He sits around thinking about you. See, he, it's yeah, not I mean, just that show. Yeah, He's, I mean, I'm kind of complimented. You're occupying a space in his mind. Yeah, in a way, I was like, I don't even think I'm that important that I can live in Bill <laughs> Maher's mind. But uh, evidently, I do. <laughs> it's like a thing. Hey, I want to thank my pals at Mattress Firm. God bless you. 
You know, to be at your best, you need a good night's sleep. You know it and I know it. I did not get a good night's sleep last night. I was sitting in bed watching TV. I couldn't, uh, I'm into that new uh, Walking Dead with Daryl Dixon. God, I love that show. Oh, did you start that? Yeah, they had, they ran the first one. It was so good. Daryl's in Europe. I can't even imagine. I know. How'd he get there? Gets there <laughs> right away. He's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, he kind of, I don't know. I forget how he got, if something blew he up and floated. He motorcycle there. and No, and no, he floated. He, he was unconscious <laughs> and the, this thing he was laying on unconscious dumped him off in France. Give me a break. Yeah, like he was like floating like a guy at sea, and he ended up in France. And yeah, then he but that um, would take quite a while. Soon as he gets there, some dudes are attacking him. Like, like there's Jesus. Nobody likes that guy. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I was watching that, and I watched that new Netflix uh, movie where they're in love. Uh, what the love at first sight? With the chick from White Lotus, that's a good, that's a that's a, it's almost like a um, like a Hallmark movie, you know, boy meets girl oh, and they fall those. in love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm a sucker for that shit. I love know. that. Oh yeah. What else was I watching? I don't even remember. And of course, I was thinking about Paul Simon. So psyched up about Paul. I was like, uh, I mean, I have so many thoughts about this guy. I can't even begin to tell you. It's just, it just, it just blows my mind how many great songs he wrote. And you know how, like, a guy writes a song and you go, gee, that's pretty good. How can you come up with another one? Because you think, like, the same tune would be in his head. When he wrote, uh, what was the song he wrote? I think it was Bridge Over Troubled Water. And he was like, he didn't even know. Like, you can't even say to Paul Simon, where'd that song come from? You go, I don't fucking know. I Like, I woke up and I heard it. How do you wake up and hear Bridge Over Troubled Water? In other yeah, words, but there's so it, many different in influences even in that song. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, like it changes. Yeah, I mean, I think what you got to do to be a great songwriter is you got to be from the time you're a little kid, you got to listen to tons of music. It seems to me you got to have a parent who who's a musician. You also you got to read books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got. He was an you know, he was an English lit major. Yeah, and even got fired from a job. Because his boss thought he was having someone else write up these reports he had to do. Because And he goes, dude, fuck you. I'm an English lit major. He was working for a publishing house. And they didn't and these, believe he could write that well. No. So he was like, fuck you. And what was so great is the next song he was going to publish through the publishing house was, I think, um, Sounds of Silence. Oh. Like th They would have had the publishing on that. And they what missed out. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, Bridge Over Troubled Water. He's like, I don't know where the fuck that came from. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, we'll be talking to him tomorrow, but getting back to sleep. I can't believe I went into radio because it was such a dumb job in the beginning. I mean, I'd go on and announce the records. What but a... I think you always thought you'd get to talk. Yeah. More well, than that was the goal. about records. Yeah. Yeah. But what gave me the right to think I could do that? I don't <laughs> you know, know, but you did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank God. I'll tell you what really drove me not to play records on the radio. I hated getting the records out of the jacket 
and having to file them back into the wall in the proper place because you because then the other DJs couldn't find it. I hated it with a passion, and I hated that pressure of having it. Like talking on the air is easy compared to having to get the record queued up and do those segues into another record and not have any yeah. dead air. There were real records. You yeah. put them on a turntable. You had to get, and sometimes they were albums. You had to get into yeah. the exact right place. Oh, yeah, it, it would fuck needle. me up. I remember, like, there'd be five seconds left on a record, and I, oh, my God, I don't have my next record. And I'm, oh, and then, and then there's dead air because you're trying to find the next record. <laughs> and uh, it was horrible. I hated it. <laughs> then I figured out, well, fuck this. Just talk to the audience and tell them I can't find my next record. <laughs> so, hey, everybody. I uh, can't find the next record. I'm the world's <laughs> worst DJ. I suck. Oh, my God. And I worked with people who were so good at it. And Meg Griffin was the best at it. I, I mean, she had every record ready. She had a great delivery, great voice, knew everything about rock and roll, knew all the rock stars, had interviewed them all. And I'm like, what the fuck? We're not even in the same business. She's really professional. She also didn't look like the studio had been blown up at the end yeah. of her show. I followed her a few times. And, you know, I was generally on in the morning. But once in a while, they'd throw me on a shift. And I would walk in and the studio was neat and organized. <laughs> And I was like, well, how is she pulling this off? There's nobody here. There must be a, a magical friend that comes in invisible. And I, I mean, I was like, how is she doing this? They, you could ask Fred. In Hartford, I was the morning man. You'd walk into my studio. My chair, we had a chair on wheels. I'd be rolling over the records laid out all over the floor. <laughs> like, I would break records. Because it, was it looked like a hoarder was in the room. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean. And there was an explosion of vinyl. I don't know how to do a radio show. I mean, Fred was my lifeline because uh, he would help me. But you just... had a lot to contend with. I mean, you had to take phone calls and no. do phone calls at uh, CCC. You had to tape them. There was no such yeah. thing as doing it live. Yeah, a so record would had... be playing. Yeah. Fred's right. A record, would... it was a nightmare. A record would be playing. You couldn't just pick up the phone because we didn't have a delay. So during the record playing, I'd be listening to the record and then go, hey, WCCC, you're on the air and go, Hey, Howard, I just want to say I really like your show. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Just hurry up and say it because my next record's going to run out, you asshole. <laughs> I just want to say I listen to your show every day and I think you're really... Oh, I only put on a three-minute record. <laughs> say something. Quick. And then you had to it deal does... with Cy doing the meter readings. Yeah, well, it does It does train you to come up with stuff quick, like... Uh, you do thousands of hours like that, and I'd be sitting there going, okay, I better say something really funny right now to this caller and and put a tag on it and get the fuck out of this bit because <laughs> uh, I, I got to change a record. I mean, there's no fucking around, you know? And sometimes I would take a chance. I remember I was on the air in Hartford, and I decided to call a Japanese prison to negotiate with them to get Paul McCartney out of jail. And I uh -huh. did it live, and I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> what if somebody says a curse word? Because in those days, if a curse word got on the air, they would um, fire you. Because the FCC would fire, you know, they, they would. I mean, They'd get crazy. in trouble with the FCC, so they had to have some excuse like, well, we fired the guy. That'll never happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. He's an <laughs> asshole anyway. They never stuck up for you back in those days. No one did. You know, the, 
Like, I remember being on the phone with this Japanese guy. First, I think I called some, like, Japanese restaurants here in America and started negotiating. And it was just uh. funny to hear the guy go, hey, this is Japanese. We don't have Paul McCartney. I go, yeah, but you're <laughs> Japanese, right? You know, please negotiate with me. They go, no, no, you don't understand. We have nothing to do with this. And that was kind of funny. And then, then I actually called Japan. And it was kind of great because because of the time difference, uh, you could get people on the phone because I th it worked out. I was on in the morning, but it was like nighttime over in Japan or some shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, hello, Japanese prison. <laughs> yes. You know, and some guy would just be going, you know, talking Japanese. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know what you're saying. This is Howard Stern from WCCC in Hartford. I um, would like to negotiate with you to release our beloved Paul McCartney. And the guy would be like, well, it was funny. But... <laughs> and then they would write me up in the newspaper saying that I'd been very funny and I was outrageous. Back then, it was easy to be outrageous. Nobody did shit on the radio. I went on the air during the gasoline. There was a gasoline crisis a million years ago. And um, I'm like, oh, shit, someone's got, I mean, I got to get some ratings quick. So I remember I went on the air and I just said, well, hmm, fuck these gas companies. I didn't know what I was talking well, about. Well, you didn't go, say fuck these gas companies. Yeah, right. I was like, hey, I go to hell with Shell. Then <laughs> they're like, wow, Howard Stern is now taking on the gasoline companies. And I'm like, I am. I mean, yeah, that's right. I am. Like I'm, something changed <laughs> once you did that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling <laughs> listeners to rip up their uh, credit cards. And it got me in the newspaper. And I was like, well, hey, the, the whole idea is to get in the newspaper enough so that so I can get out of this shithole in Hartford and get to a really big station. Yeah, somebody will notice me elsewhere. Yeah. And then no one noticed me. So I started crying during the show. I actually got on my knees and cried. Oh, my goodness. Because I had no money. When I'm talking about I had no money, I couldn't pay for the shittiest apartment. I had a townhouse. That sounds pretty cool. It was in this horrible section of Hartford. My neighbors were assholes. <laughs> and they hated me for some reason because I guess I was on the radio. and They started hanging signs on my door. Fuck you. If you, if you can say what you want, we'll say what we want. So that was the, they were idiots. And they would bang on my walls and play records during the, the night. You know, because right. we shared a wall. And with the walls were paper thin and the toilets would back up and there'd be feces all over my apartment. It was crazy. And I didn't have enough money to even pay the rent. I had you couldn't lie afford about that apartment. No, I couldn't even afford this <laughs> shit apartment. <laughs> and I couldn't go to my parents. I mean, I told you not to go into radio. <laughs> Stupid. Your friend Lou is a doctor, and he makes money. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, I'm not smart. The only thing I can do is radio. It's not like I had a lot of options. What was I going to do if I didn't do radio? Yeah, this this apart this place was like one step above a cardboard box. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Oh my. Oh, and God forbid, I said to my boss, I listen, I can't afford to live where I'm living. I need $25. And he told me, I'll think about it. That's when I, that's when I got on my knees and cried in the studio. I mean, I had never cried in my life. 
And I was like, I am fucked. That's when I got a call from Burkhard Abrams, Dwight Douglas. And he yeah. said, hey, you're pretty good. We want to put you in Ohio. I went, good. Ohio. What's that pay? Yeah. <laughs> they had a station there. Number one rock station in Ohio. Yeah. And you the guy was leaving. Uh, was it? I've said it before. Cincinnati I'm trying, my or was it? No, Cincinnati. He's like Toledo or some shit. You know? <laughs> Colum- oh, maybe Columbus. Columbus? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, well, uh, where is this station? Columbus. <laughs> oh, the, the guy who discovered America? That, that Columbus? Yeah. It's the number one station. They had a 50 share. And I went, uh-oh, wow. that's trouble. Because I know I'll go in there and lose all their listeners. You, you have blow a 50 it right share. out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, do you have any stations that have no ratings? That's where I seem to excel. <laughs> and then I went from Hartford to Detroit. But uh, thank God. And I was making 28000 Big shot. That was it. That was more money than I ever thought I'd make. I was like, what the fuck? This is awesome. 28000 and And then I asked for two more thousand. I got 30000 Wow. Yeah, I negotiated. Big for time. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> you hit the big time. It was big time for me. I had never <laughs> made more than $12,000 a year. And now all of a sudden I'm in the, the big leagues. Thirty grand. Oh, I, w- I was like, I was like, what? Oh, this is awesome. I had no money in the bank. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I told you, I got to Detroit. I had to buy a car. I, I had, oh, it was a disaster. It was just horrible. I'm so glad I didn't go to Ohio, but Detroit was really bad. Oh, what a horrible experience. And again, no one helped me. I didn't even have Fred because uh, I tried to get him to hire Fred. They wouldn't hire him. They were like, fuck you, we just paid you thirty grand. Let's you, you Yeah, what were they gonna give guy. Fred? Where was Fred gonna live? Well, the <laughs> idea that you'd have a morning show with somebody else assisting you was out of the question. <laughs> there was no investment, you know. It was, it was nuts. They didn't do that back then. No, they didn't. None of us no. had money to start. I had had a real job, you know. I had made work yeah. as a nurse. What and was your I salary at that time? When you were a nurse, oh, what did you make? Probably about $30,000 or yeah, something like that. That's big money. Know? And I left that to go into radio. I and wouldn't I have had done to that. live at the YWCA. <laughs> that's where I lived. Wow. With a bunch of women who, you know, were divorcing or they were battered. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Or whatever. And what was my, my problem? I was working in radio. <laughs> Yeah, my my problem was I lived in a monastery for a hundred dollars a month. It was so bad. I mean, I lived for a year in a monastery with a vow of silence because it was a hundred dollars a month. And and look, look, when you're making ninety six dollars a week, that's about all you can afford. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, Emma, you're on the air in Tennessee. Hmm. Hey, no, now, Emma. Howard, good morning. Oh, there you are. And good morning, Robin. Good morning. I wanted your professional judge opinion, Howard, about Oliver Anthony. I don't know if you've heard his music. Uh, his song, so sorry, his song North Man, North, North Men, North of Richmond broke a lot of charts and records. I didn't know if you had any opinions on his stardom and his. Mm. his yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Oliver Anthony is. Uh, let me see. Tell your dog to quiet down. 
I was going to say, why does she talk like that sometimes? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's part wolf. She's a werewolf. Is that a kid or a dog, Emma? I'm so sorry. It's my five-month-old daughter. Uh, she's a werewolf. <laughs> she just might be. Five months old. Man, I remember my kids being five months old. It's nothing better. Nothing better than that. Oh, my God. They're like a loaf of bread. They kind of just lay there, but you're like so <laughs> in love, love with you. them. You know, whatever you do yeah. for them, they really appreciate. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mind changing diapers and stuff. It wasn't that big a deal. Oh, kid. no, you were good. Yeah, I, I did. I did all of it. Uh, yeah, I know that song. That's the one. Uh, did you see? Did you see that? Um, Marin Morris has made an announcement. She's done with country music. And the reason yeah. she's done with it is a lot of these songs now have become like just like uh, political songs like that one. Uh, Try that in a small town is, some, you know, people's kind of identified. It's like kind of like, hey, man, if you try any of that. That shit where you're nice to people and that, you try that in my town and we'll fucking, you know, basically fuck you up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she feels country music is now mourning more about like owning liberals. Like, uh, you know, it's like a, it's a culture war thing. So she said, that's it. I'm done. I'm out, I'm out of country music, but yeah, I read that and I didn't get a chance. I read the headline and I didn't get a chance to read the article. Yeah. I hope I'm, I hope I'm paraphrasing that right, but. Here's the quote. People are streaming these songs out of spite. It's not out of true joy or love of the music. It's to own the liberals. And that's so not what music is intended for. Music is supposed to be the voice of the oppressed, the actual oppressed. And now it's being used as this really toxic weapon in culture wars. So that's how she feels. But like, she, she kind of doesn't like the vibe. Try what? Transgender or something? You try putting a dress on uh, here if you're a yeah, dude, man. Yeah, walking down the street. We'll fix yeah. you. <laughs> You'll see what happens to you. Take care of our own. You cross that line. It won't take long for you to find that. I recommend you don't. Try that in. Don't be different in a small town because you know what happens. Yeah, I, uh, what happened to freedom? You know, the home, <laughs> land of the free and no. the home of the brave. Oh, you be free as long as you behave, honey. Right, like I tell yeah. you to. Don't you be queer around here and teach you a good lesson, son of a bitch. He's got to get a gun and shoot someone. He's got a gun around here. Well, no, he said they said they might round him up around, you know, oh. around the garbage. Try that crap around here. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, we caught a two men sword fighting with their wieners. <laughs> <laughs> we taught that. You try that in my town. Doggies, <laughs> Uncle Jed. I made the mistake. Some of these boys saw me sword fighting with with my pal. <laughs> Martin Luther King, you try that shit over here. I'll tell you what. You're going to be in big trouble. 
Was he saying about his granddad gave him a, da- a gun? Gave and what him happened? a gun. He's got the gun that his granddaddy had, and you know, Uh-oh. you think it. You know, they say you. You know, in the city, they might round these guns up, but don't well, you good try thing. that over here. It sounds like he's got like one of those. He, it sounds to me like he's got a musket. So I, I got a Glock. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> well, he's still stuffing yeah. the gunpowder in. Yeah. <laughs> I got that go, Glock you can 19. Take care of him. Yeah, I'll take care of him. <laughs> hey, here, here's the gun my granddaddy gave me. Oh, good. Don't worry. You try shooting that musket. Why don't you go load that thing by uh, putting that big wire down the front? <laughs> yeah, we found two men here who fell in love. So we tied them to a truck <laughs> don't you boys be trying that volcano thing in your asshole in here in this small town <laughs> those those mentos in your ass <laughs> we heard you boys put mentos in your ass to simulate a volcano yeah we did that well you ain't gonna be doing that here because i got my granddaddy's gun uh-oh what is that shit? What, that looked like one of them Abraham Lincoln-style guns. <laughs> <laughs> Over here, we got something called a Glock. Yeah, I'll tell you. Marie yes. Morris about the streaming, and that's why I wanted to see what you thought about Oliver Anthony. Since I don't really know the song. I mean, I mean, you know, just it does sound... Um, well, Maren Morris, I get her point, but... Yes. You try eating those bagels and locks here in a small town. We'll see what, and your payus. We'll take care of that. Do they ever stop and think, what good has really come out of a small town? (laughs) I stay away from small town. I lived in a a few small towns, you know. But uh, I lived on the side of the road in West Virginia for about oh, I remember that. three yes. months. And I'll tell you what, that. it yeah. was some crazy shit going down in that small town. <laughs> I almost lost my life there. There was a couple of good old boys. I lived with them in a small house. And uh, this one dude was like, uh, they, we were watching a movie and it was laughable about like they were showing Russia like through a red lens. And I started laughing. They're like, what the fuck are you laughing about? You, you a communist? I go, no, 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 dude. I don't, fuck these Russians, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, thanks, Howard. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, we appreciate all the laughs. Only trans we allowed in this town is a transmission, motherfucker. You jerk off a horse in our town, you better not enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. I don't feel that all country music is uh, geared this way. But there is a certain, uh, there are certain songs that are sort of geared toward. I know what she's talking about, but I wouldn't. She didn't have to I wouldn't blame music. the whole industry, and she's yeah. isn't she sort of turning over the industry to those people by leaving? Yeah, she should. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think at the Country Music Awards, there's going to be a big war <laughs> between different factions. <laughs> but this song is kind of funny, actually. I mean, if you don't take it too seriously, I mean, what's he talking about exactly? 
you know, uh, we're, we're planning in a October playing air hockey with our penises. And, uh, you try yeah, I bet that in a, in a small town. <laughs> you try, you try playing air hockey with your cock in a small town, dude. We'll see what happens to you. Uh-oh. Sounds like people, we take the law into our own hands here in this small town. I mean, what's he saying exactly? I don't they, know. <laughs> you start reading some of them books that our Governor DeSantis banned, and uh, I think you'll know what I mean by that. I think, you know, the whole concept of America is that weirdos and freaks in small towns should be safe, too. That's the at least the ideal, but being a weirdo and a freak and living where I grew up, uh, I can tell you America doesn't work that way. I should listen to that. What's this one? Richmond, north of Richmond? What's that saying? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know that song, honestly. That's that Oliver. Yeah, I know, but huh? what is he saying in it? What's uh, what's his Oliver Anthony? What's he what's he saying exactly? He I believe he's trying to say like uh, you know, there's a bunch of rich people up north uh, that are trying to control everybody in the south and uh, get oh, that shit I, out. Oh, I know people. who those people are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, so. yeah. Baruch Hashem. Oh boy, uh, I got you. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I guess that's. What I love how like. somebody's always trying to control them. Yeah, who's? Co- I don't want to go near them. I don't want to control them. <laughs> I know. Nobody will come near them, but somebody's trying to control them. The Oliver Anthony song marks the first time an artist has debuted at number one on the Billboard Top 100 without any prior charting history and is still on the chart. So, you know, a lot of people like it. Uh, Anger and hate sells. It's the easiest emotion to evoke. They're trying to control us over here, and we ain't going to stand for it. You mean by control They're trying you? trying to tell us to love people. Fuck them. <laughs> you, you mean by trying to control you? We're paying millions of dollars in taxes that you guys use every time you get into trouble? And then they uh, want to tell us what to do. I don't want to tell you what to do. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Stay <laughs> in your party. small town. Yeah. Please we don't seen come this, out. <laughs> We've seen this one fella... He was wearing high heels. Well, <laughs> he never did that over here again. I can tell you that. You wearing high heels? We'll run you over with our wheels. That's what we said to him. I don't know. I don't know what anyone's talking about in these songs. I really don't. Be honest with you. I, I really don't know what anyone's saying, but it does sound threatening in some way. Maybe the rich man's Trump. I don't know. I don't know what he's singing about. Honestly, he's yelling a lot. I don't know.
And it does seem like a lot of anger toward um, toward people in the city. But he is yelling at us. So he's pretty angry. He's pretty he's pretty hopped up about shit. He's angrier than Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> you think he was marrying uh, a young woman? <laughs> I can't believe Marin Morris does want to hang with this guy. Where's <laughs> 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 politicians? Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we no. got folks in the street. I got that. He says we're looking out for miners, and then I think he's talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Miners on an island. I don't know. I don't know. I you're, don't know. you're trying to make sense out of all this? Uh, I'm trying. I'm a radio host. <laughs> I have to make sense of things for people. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Hey, Steve, what up? Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, Howard. Uh, I'm a music video director in Nashville. I'm originally from Philly. And nice. obviously pretty liberal, but I got to tell you, it is really weird what's happening. And, you know, I'm just trying to make a living directing these music videos, but the the views anymore, that Jason Aldean video, I don't know if you saw where it was filmed. It was actually filmed on the site of a lynching. Oh, God. God help us. Really? Yeah. It, yeah. I, I swear to God, I'm not, I'm not kidding. The town that it was filmed in. And that exact spot was a lynching site. And they had all this B-roll footage in there of riots that they actually had to end up pulling the footage off. They, they changed it up. It was, it's pretty weird stuff, man. So they backpedaled off the video a little bit, huh? They did. They did, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, like, again, like, just being down here, um, I've made a great career out of making these music videos for these country artists, but it's bizarre because we'll get a song or i'll learn about an artist and i might be taking this job and gosh i mean they're they're like you like Marin said i'm really proud of what she stood up for um you know you just yeah. feel like i'll tell you though i have lived it i have lived in a lot of small towns and they you know people seem really nice i don't know i, I think uh also small towns tend to get a bad rap like these guys are making it seem like there's, I don't know what's going on out there, honestly, because I hide in my house. I, I, I don't want to go any. I don't want to go anywhere. You are from a small town. It's your house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I live in the smallest town in America. <laughs> I see like maybe three to four people a day. And you're damn right. I better love my wife because she's like the only person I see for days on end. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. But uh, it's just the way it is. I don't want to go to any town, big or small. Uh, you know, I'm generally afraid of people, but all right. Hey, thanks, Steve. Sounds like a cool hey, job. Though, being, love you, buddy. Being a, love you. Being a video director. It's kind of cool. Yeah, except when they say, oh, we're going to do this on the side of a lynching and we're going to have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's what we got to plan here. Cool. This is going to be real cool. Day one, we're going to the town lynching center. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, I do have to make a living. Mm. Nice. Lynching, a sight of a lynching. Oh, yeah, yeah, nothing worse than that. Hey, Ralph, what up? 
Hey, now. Hey, I don't think you got this Oliver Anthony guy right. He, he, he's, I don't know anything about him, honestly. Well, I'm going to tell you, because he's not like that other guy. Oh. He um, he put this song out, and then, like, the people on the right said this is against the left. People on the left said this is about the right, you, you know. And he goes, no, he goes, it's about both of you not getting shit done, and people are in the middle of the country mm. starving and shit. And, and you guys are fighting amongst yourselves doing shit. Which he's right. He's true. So he's there not... Ralph says Oliver Anthony's uh, being misunderstood. Thank Um, goodness Ralph understands. Ralph's sitting sitting at home, too, thinking thinking about shit. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, I don't know anything about it. I just read that Marin Morris, who just put out new music, said she's done with country music. And I was like, whoa, wow. But I think what she's talking about is not her style of music, but she's saying... I, some of the characters involved with it now, I'm done with. But she, she's she got a pretty good new album. I, I haven't really heard a lot of it, but she's got uh, this. Get the hell out of here, it's called. Got a beautiful voice. Water the garden, but for God to fill the well. I fed all my good intentions. She's hot, too. That's all I care about. I don't care what side you're on, as long as you're hot. Hot is most important. <laughs> yeah, that Brobart woman, uh, I find her somewhat despicable, but she's kind of hot. She's a dirty girl. Dirty girl. Yeah, well, after you're finished, she's going to want to talk. Uh oh. No, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that would probably get me right out of there. Uh, here's another mountain. This is called The Tree. I kind of like this, too. It's a good hook. I'm done filling a cup with a hole in the bottom. Screaming the truth to a liar. She's good. Come on. I like her a lot. I remember when she was in the studio. She also was extremely hot with her outfit. Um, if you remember, Robin. I do, though, shorts. Listen, that's short, good. shorts. That's good and all, but I can't get that fucking Adam Durrett's Metamucil Man song out of my head. It's really fucking good. It's First really I good. It, I was like, oh, it's a goof. And then I'm listening to it. I'm, I'm walking around the house singing it. and It's, it's good. Greatest. It really is good. And, you know... It's the purest kind of love. My love for Metamucil, honestly, is off the chart. I mean, every day I thank God for it. You know, I I have my gratitude journal, and, and it's and it's all it's filled with is Metamucil. Do you put Next it page. around it? Metamucil. You put Metamucil in a big heart. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know what's great about it too? Like, I wish he would. He's on tour, right? He said, "I wish he would do it on a show because it sounds like one of his songs, and he should just like." Do it at his show, and people be absolutely. Like, he should. I'm pretty sure he. His. I think if people requested at the show, he would do it. Metamucil man. I would go. Hot. I would go. Hot fiber is my plan. Hot fiber is my. Plan. <laughs> <laughs> so great, and the way he, the way he goes up on some of those things, like Robin said. Oh, yeah. the other day. No, he's he can sing his ass off. Yeah. That. Oh, there it is. I there love the is. intro. Very simple, just a guitar and yeah, a drum. Great. She's apple crisp, fiber thin. <laughs> so good, it's a hot damn sin. She helps me move, makes me go. 
Just a songwriter. Other people can do my songs. Your passion. Healthy duty is my plan. <laughs> You're not the singer songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> I love that pause. God damn. Yeah. It's good. It's phrasing. Like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I got fiber in my can. <laughs> the cheeks. Uh. The other day, I, I was moving my bowels, and I put the song on it. It was a very nice experience. <laughs> Does it make you go faster, or just uh, enhances the experience? Oh, yeah, it just slides out easy. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, thank you, Adam Duritz of Counting Crows. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. That is awesome. He needs to do it live in the studio. Something. Something. He needs <laughs> to do it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I know and people no want to know. Controversy. It does no. everybody understands what we're singing about. No, nope. I roll. I, I, I what roll. It all means. I, uh, Robin, my music. I roll in a big tent. Everyone's welcome. Marin Morris, you come join us. <laughs> you won't have any problem. Anybody who takes a dump is welcome. <laughs> he he made that song his own. That's what we used to say on America's Got yeah. Talent. You made yeah. that song your own. Now, now it's your song. He- <laughs> uh. Matt, you're on the air in uh, Florida. What's up, pal? 
Hey, Howard. Hey, Robin. How are you guys? First time, long time. Uh, the reason why I'm calling in is that whole Richmond, North of Richmond song. The reason why it hits so hard for a lot of Americans is the rich men north of Richmond is who's directly adjacent to Richmond, Virginia, Washington, D.C. You know, all the inflation, everything going up, up, up. The pay, the bullshit pay he talks about is our pay that doesn't go up, but we're just taxed to no end. And it's getting really hard to survive out here. Oh, cool. I'm from Jupiter. I'm from Jupiter, Florida, and, you know, I'm a lot of rich people here. Howard, you got a house in Palm Beach, but not all of us have money, and it's getting really hard to survive out here, and it, that's what that guy's talking about. Hey, yeah, yeah but you guys keep electing those same assholes and putting them in Congress. I don't think it really matters who's in there, to be honest with you, Robin. Well, you could get somebody who really cares about the country and not just themselves. They're enriching themselves, and and they don't care what's happening. There you go. Look at you. I'm going to get behind you right now, Robin. (laughs) She's all fired up because Lenny Dykstra can get wood. That's all. (laughs) All right, Matt. I like that. I like it. Listen, I don't know. I really don't know what Oliver Anthony is singing about, and I don't even know what the other guy, Jason Aldean, singing about. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what anybody's doing. But when I hear songs, it's very hard for me to interpret what people mean. But uh, the guy I love in country, I don't know if you've heard about this guy. This guy is my favorite country artist of all time. This guy's name is Dixon Dallas. Get it? Dixon Dallas. Dixon Dallas. So the dude, this guy's the best. I, I just learned about him. He puts out country music that fucks with a lot of these guys because all of a sudden he starts singing a love song and then it turns out he's singing about dudes. So I think he's trying to fuck with them. This is Dixon Dallas singing. Listen to this. You're like, oh, hey, this here is good. I like this guy. I see you staring at me in the corner of the bar we've been partying in. You got a twinkle in your eyes, I got something on my mind that I bet will make you more than a friend. Well, when we get to sipping whiskey and we get a little frisky, I climb up on him, ride him like an F-150. Got me hooting and hollering and begging him for more. Nothing but my boots on, baby, let's get down on the floor. Around in the shed, or maybe by the lake, then bring it back to your bed. He got me singing when we get to sipping whiskey and we get a little frisky. I climb up on him, ride him like an F-150. Yeah, I can be a little straightforward, but I know just what I want. And when I saw you, I just couldn't help myself but get to know you in a way that we can skip all the talk. You ain't gotta say nothing, we can get to loving. Maybe for a week or maybe just one night. A little bit of sinning, I love the way he's grinning. Turn around and crash me open like a cold light. And when we get to sipping whiskey and we... Wait a second here. <laughs> I was enjoying that song and he tricked me into being homosexual. <laughs> Where's Fred? I'm going to lube him up and dance with him. He's going to crack me like a cold Bud Light. <laughs> his song Good Looking has 24.7 million streams on TikTok and 1.6 million views on YouTube. Dixon yeah. Dallas. This is his song, Like Whiskey. Did he say he? Uh, that fella was singing about a dude. Summertime in a blue sky. Your hand in my hand. Cold beer with some moonshine and our toes in the sand. That look in your blue eyes, it makes me lose my mind. I pull 
you close to I'm so glad you finally mine Put his hands up on my body Made the room a little hotter I'm sipping him like whiskey Got me wetter than the water I'm swimming in, wanna swim in him too Make a little love, show you what my booty do Boy, turn around, let me hit it from the back Yeah, I know how you love it when I do it like that Even though I hate to see him go I love to watch him leave that's a good one now that's kind of brilliant right uh, that's great it's fucked up so great you know wait a second here i was a fan of this here fella dixon dallas and all of a sudden dancing and uh-oh i was line dancing <laughs> What's that song you like, Gary, that Dixon Dallas does? The one about the butt pussy. Yeah, the pussy. He talks about the pussy in the song. The pussy. The pussy. Okay. The pussy. Let me hear that. He's bouncing off my booty cheeks. I love the way he rides. I can hardly breathe when he's pumping deep inside. I kiss him on his neck and then he kisses on my pussy. A bussy is a slang term for boy pussy. Uh, uh, that would be man ass, actually. Man ass, yeah. Man asshole, Robin. <laughs> anyway, there's all kind of shit. Everyone's angry about music. I mean, everyone's angry. About stupid crap that won't make a difference, yeah. Well, let me tell you, I was, I was ashamed I was listening to that and... Why am I kissing a man? <laughs> All of a sudden, I want some bussy. You know that guy, George, not so straight. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. But anyway, so Marin Morris is leaving country music. It, you know, intellectually, she's decided that she doesn't like what's going on within the... They're using the music for evil. But, uh, and to sum up, Oliver Anthony says he's just screaming about rich guys and the taxes that you have to pay. And, and the small town guy, I don't know what he's saying. He just says, don't fuck around in a small town. Yeah, we got be, guns in a small town. Yeah, he's got his grandpa's gun and, <laughs> I don't know, Dixon Dallas better stay out of there. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he wants to do a concert <laughs> nearby. Yeah. Crazy, man. It's hard to keep up with what everyone's up to. Hey, by the way, I will tell you, um, uh, I want to compliment John Blit. He was in Montreal over the summer. Oh, yeah? So he used to the opportunity to mess with some Canadians. We don't have a lot of opportunity to mess with Canadians because we're over here in the United States. But he approached people on the street and he played him clips of uh, our Donald Trump impersonator saying crazy things about Canada. <laughs> and, the, and the crazy thing about that, I'll play it for you. You know, I guess people are used to some of the craziest shit that Trump says because every single person we interviewed believed that these Trump quotes were real and you, you have a hard time believing And they it. get more and more outrageous and they, they get, still yeah, yeah. believe, yeah, he said it. Yeah, it's crazy. Over the summer, uh, there was a ton of smoke from wildfires in Canada. Yes, yes. That spread across the United States. It was so bad at times that the CDD, the CDC recommended people stay indoors to avoid smoke inhalation and John plays these Canadians a clip of our Donald Trump impersonator saying 
He's building a wall to keep out the smoke from the Canadian wildfires <laughs> and making Canada pay for it. And, uh, yeah, people just accept it because, you know, they've heard some crazy shit. So Canada has been very nasty to America. They're sending all their smoke. They say we build a wall, keep the smoke out, and make Canada pay for it. Is he an idiot? I can build a wall to keep out smoke. It's going to go everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's ludicrous. They had big fires. Remember when there were California fires uh, in Seattle all along there? He said the smoke didn't blow into Canada. Give me a break. I can't even believe yeah. this conversation's going on. Preposterous. If that's the case and the Americans have to pay for collateral damage they've done, to the environment in the past year. So what collateral damages should the states pay? I think that's enough of getting too political. Hmm. I don't know. I could get behind that smoke wall. I'll be honest with you. Well, you got to put a roof on it, Howard, because no, look right. here, Robin. it'll go right over the top of the wall. You don't know. Smoke can only go. I say we build that wall right up to the sun. <laughs> Build a new smoke wall so Canada can't infect our air. Uh, our Trump said he would punish Canada by setting fire to Vermont and blowing the smoke to Canada with a giant <laughs> He's fan. He's blow on it. <laughs> yeah, well, once again, the Canadians totally bought it. If I'm elected, by the way, I'll set Vermont on fire and blow the smoke into Canada using giant super-powered fan. You actually said that? Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. Why? I don't think it's going to work. I think you need a really big fan to do that, you know? What super fan exists, first of all, mm -hmm. to be able to blow the smoke so that it doesn't affect residents of Vermont, so it doesn't affect residents of even Massachusetts, because it has to go through those states if it's going to go to uh, here in Quebec. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. No. Oh, no. Come no. on. Put a giant fan to blow the smoke into Canada? Yes. What is he, five? Hmm. know. <laughs> hey, fuck you. We're building a big fan and blowing our smoke <laughs> from Vermont into your country. Super fan. Uh, finally, Canadians really did get upset when they heard our Trump say that he's going to charge them $150 tourist tax to visit the United States. Canadians, they should have to pay to come here. Their country is so boring. America's like an amusement park. We have roller coasters, fried Oreos, and beautiful guns to shoot people. What do you think about that, and what do you pay? Is this all true? This is all true. He just said it on Fox News on Hannity. Today? Uh, last week. Oh, my God. I own a house in the U.S. So yes. do you think you'd pay to get to no. see your house? No. You know, you have to stand up to bullies, don't you? Right. Canadians are known to be, you know, quite humble, quite quiet, but don't provoke us and poke us around too much. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Then you, you, the U.S. will lose tourism. The Canadians can go anywhere else in the world. They're like, all right, you want to charge me? See you later. I'll go somewhere else. What kind of stupid mentality is that? Never go. You wouldn't no go. No reason to go. Yeah. Is there anything you'd miss about the States if you didn't go? Not a thing. They can keep their hockey. We can go back to the original two, right? The two Canadian teams, the Leafs and the Habs. They could just fight it out for 82 games. <laughs> yeah, those Canadians are pretty nice people, but that's the angriest Canadian. Uh, that's the angriest bunch of Canadians I've ever heard. <laughs> They're getting riled up. Yeah, they sure are. Hold on a second. Look who it is. Donald Trump. How are you? Hello there, Howard. 
the Canadians, they're so dumb, it's true. They hit each other on the head with hockey sticks, and it turned out very badly for them, those idiots. And believe me, the Canadians, they love me tremendously. They think I can build a giant super fan and fill their country with smoke, so maybe I'll do that. It's actually a great idea, by the way. Even my fake ideas, they're tremendous. They love it. These stupid Canadians, they inspire me. They're so well, dumb and so nice, like dogs. Tongues hanging out of their mouths. Who rescued who? Well, you know, I have to defend the Canadians on the level that uh, it wouldn't be completely absurd that you might think to build a wall to keep the smoke out of America. You know, it's not. You know what? They're, they're so stupid. They have maple syrup for brains. That's what I tell them. Their flag is a leaf. A leaf. What, who makes their flag a leaf? Who does that? Who, right. What does a leaf symbolize? Autumnal. Autumnal. Cheech and Chong are so much funny. Funnier than the McKenzie brothers, by the way. $150 tourist tax. Look at <laughs> McKenzie that. McKenzie brothers. That's an old reference. But, uh, well, listen, uh, you, you played a prank on the Canadians, and they believed it because you've said some crazy things. We pranked them. They're simple people, the Canadians. They're simple. Well, you know, it's easy to make fun of them. They're so stupid. They they look very dumb. They're making what's their economy? Syrup. Syrup. Who has an economy of syrup and leaves? <laughs> it's like fooling a leaves. socialist toddler. You don't like their flag because it's a leaf. It's true. It's a leaf. What kind of flag is just a leaf? I don't understand. I've never seen such a thing. A flag is a leaf. What is this? Yeah, we what have stars. The, what do they stand for? We have stars and stripes and they have a leaf. We have stars and stripes. It symbolizes the greatness of our country, the greatness of our people, and they have a leaf. Like a, what about what if our flag was grass? Well, get off the, uh, get off the Canadians. What about all these indictments? Have you had time to think about, you know, your platform for 2024? You know what? We have a great platform and we're looking into it. We're looking into maybe a, a better platform. But by the way, everybody will get $50,000. Did you know this? No. This is a ketan and a platform. Oh, wow. Everybody. Goodness. We're getting rid of traffic. We're deleting it entirely. <laughs> wow. We're building a roller coaster connecting every single state. We're calling wow. it the, the I, I roller. I roller. <laughs> I roller. <laughs> what do you mean, I roller? It's going to be great. The eye roller, we're going to roll, and it's going to be so much fun. We're going to give everybody Twinkies. Do you know Twinkie? Yeah, sure. Twinkie, the the little the little snack cake. The little snack cake filled with cream, and it's so delicious. Everybody gets one. Everybody. Wow. 50 grand in a wow. Twinkie. Wow. Do I have to eat it? <laughs> you hey, have what to we... eat the Twinkie. If you don't eat it, there's going to be probably jail. Oh, <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, I, I saw a little bit of you on Meet the Press. What were you saying about abortion? You know what? It's an interesting thing, abortion. And because I know, first of all, I know about abortion more than probably anybody. That's the thing. These other idiots, they don't know what they're talking about. Right. There's an exact correct number of weeks that makes everybody happy. And I know what it is, by the way. Oh. Nobody um, else knows. How Nobody many weeks? knows. You know, I won't tell you until I'm president. It's a secret number. It's oh, a I secret see. number. But when but you become president again, you will know the number of weeks you can have uh, an abortion. Exactly. I will know the number of weeks. And I know, I don't know if you know this, but I know a lot about the female body. 
I right. do. I know more than females, even the female. They really? ask me. <laughs> the females they come to me like a like a shrine, like I'm an oracle in the hills, and they come to me and they ask me about the female body. I know about it more than most people, and I've seen parts, and I know what they do. And right. I know what these parts do. They go. They get. Some of them they get wet. Some of them they <laughs> squirt. And yeah. it, some of it is great. They look weird. Some of it is strange. It looks like, like Martian um, technology. So some vaginas are squirting. Some are wet. And you say some of them look like what? Like Martian? What did you say? Some like of what? them look like meat. Meat you might find on the on another planet. You don't know. I don't know if you know. Have you ever seen? Have you ever gotten to a grocery store and you know when you see the meat? It's sometimes they discount. It's on sale. Right, meat is right. never it, on sale for a good reason. I'll tell you that much. And you've some seen, of these, you've seen women who have a vagina like rotten meat. Rotten meat, rotten as rotten as they can. It's stink, stinky. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I do know this. It has a, it's a roast beef in a blender. If you've ever blended, I don't know if you've ever blended a roast beef or put it. Maybe you mashed it up or you. Got roast beef with your hands and you scrunched it up. Some of it, that's what it looks like. It looks like bologna, bologna sandwich. And you know, what? they don't tell you what's in the bologna. <laughs> these meat, these meat processors, they won't tell you because they're putting, they're putting lots of things that they don't want you to know. Some, I heard giraffe. Giraffe. Wow. Yeah. Giraffe. Wow. From the, you know, wow. the, some of them in these zoos, they get sick and they die. They put those in the bologna. <laughs> you know a lot about uh, you know a lot about zoos, a lot right? About meat M and women, I guess. Women. I know a lot about meat, a lot about women, and even more about these zoos. <laughs> zoos. Right, right, I know right. a lot. I know. I don't know if you know that. I know a lot of animals too. I know rhino. I know right. rhino, and I know hippo, and I know penguin. Well, I gotta go. I mean, you better be careful. You sometimes ramble on and you could get in trouble when you're on trial because you, you know, you say things that could get you in trouble. So be careful. I don't have lawyers. I'm defending myself. All right. There you go. There he is, Donald Trump, who tricked all the Canadians with his, uh, fake tape. Wow. Well, I see there's a lot of people hanging on the phone. And, um, can I tell you, I, I'd like to get to them, but we do have to, we have to end this party. I didn't read you the, I didn't even read you the, do I want to read you some of this fan mail here? Real quick, a few things. Paul Simon, people excited. A lot of people writing me questions they want me to ask Paul Simon. Mm. Can you ask Paul Simon if it's true that Crosby, Stills, and Nash performed their first album for him? And Paul rejected them. I think you're thinking of Paul uh, McCartney, maybe. I know James Taylor auditioned for the Beatles. I don't think Paul Simon had anything. To, does anyone know? I mean, I never heard that. Paul Simon auditioned Crosby, Stills, and Nash and rejected them? Hmm. I don't even know yeah. what that means. I don't think that's accurate. Yeah, I don't either. I've never heard that. Um... If you want to be brought to tears, give the Elvis live version of Bridge Over Troubled Water a chance. It's so unbelievably beautiful. I wonder what Paul Simon thought about it. I've heard that. I I thought it was extremely schmaltzy and missed the whole point of Bridge Over Troubled Water. That's my opinion. 
I wonder. I will ask him. I'll, I'll ask him that. Yeah. Do, do you like every cover of every song you've ever done? I know he, he's called people and said, "Hey, well done." When they cover his song and he likes it, but uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. And I didn't give a call to Elvis. <laughs> I got that. It's uh, you know. I'm gonna. I am gonna ask him that. Makes me laugh. This was after Elvis had completely lost his mind. Yeah. <laughs> where's my Where's my Percocet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he likes it. I'll ask him. I will ask. That's you know, I got a lot. To, I got a lot of stuff to bring up. So you know, I'll try and. Crowbar then. Has Paul Simon ever heard David Draymond's take on Sound of Silence? I think he did. The original was so fucking good. Uh, that Disturbed barely altered it. Yeah, I, I think I read somewhere that he likes this. I know I like it. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's true. It's pretty much the original arrangement. Silence, Robin. It's a good one. But I know I'm not a big fan of the Elvis interpretation of Bridge Over Troubled Water, but maybe I'm missing it. I don't yeah. think so. I think Paul congratulated Disturbed after they uh, were on the Conan O'Brien show. Like he he saw them do it and he uh-huh. dug it. Yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty sure of that. A lot of people wrote me in about the Congresswoman Lauren Boebert at the Beetlejuice play. And uh, she was kicked out of the theater for vaping and fooling around with her date right in her seat. I'm sure the performers who were working on Beetlejuice were pretty disturbed by it. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, hey, yeah, not- there was a better show going on out in the audience. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, it's hard to compete with a woman's tits when they're out out of their shirt and some guys playing with her nips like they're. Like their radio dials. That's right. We went to school for years to be able to do yeah. this. <laughs> I trained at Yale. The alleg- the 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 uh, the whatever the something technique. I trained. I trained there. And the now I'm what? Stanislavski. Yeah, I, I studied Stanislavski method. You remember him? <laughs> uh, it's fun to make fun of Lauren Bubert. That's funny. But she is a true embarrassment to our country. You guys talked about her at the Beetlejuice musical. Musical was classic. So people like that. I'm glad you have an honest breakdown about Lauren Bober today because I've been struggling with this. She's a hard person who I think is harmful to our country. But Jesus, seeing her in that dress, I feel so shallow, but I can't help myself. She's a smoke show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play a game. I'm going to play a couple of Lauren Bobert quotes and try to decide if they'd stop me from hooking up with her. All right. Look, here she is complaining about the vaccine. Would this disturb me enough that I wouldn't fuck her? We're here to tell government we don't want your benefits. 
We don't want your welfare. Don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci ouchie. You leave us the hell alone. Fauci ouchie is the vaccine. You know what? I might not be able to fuck her. I, I, I think I'm out. I don't know. You think I, you, you think I'd overlook it? <laughs> you might be right. Uh, what if she ranted about the Bud Light controversy? Um, it was really assuring to me because I don't see any men in dresses or lipstick, so I assume <laughs> that they are not serving Bud Light here tonight. Uh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I think I'm out. I, I, mm, really? I well, I guess if no one knew, I did yeah, it. Uh, like if it was in mm. secret, nobody would ever know. Okay, I'd fuck her, but I'd really hate myself after the second time I came. <laughs> uh, what if she droned on about her love for Donald Trump? Would that And it's very you... clear that Joe Biden is unfit for office. Um, President Trump sacrificed his wealth for our nation. And all Joe Biden has done is sacrifice our nation for his wealth. Hmm. I don't know, man. It's tough. Um, some people are disappointed in me because uh, we're talking about some of the potential things we're going to do for October. And uh, I was a little bummed out because Howard um, <laughs> Howard decided not to uh, get the real horse in there to uh, jerk off the real horse. <laughs> some oh, guy really wanted to go hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then the guy goes, forget a real horse. The visual of Chris Wilding jacking off a guy in a horse costume is pretty hysterical. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, it. At that point, I think, you know, if we're jerking off in this studio, I think we've, we're not doing porn. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, way over the line, as they say in that song. <laughs> That's yeah. over the line. Here's a guy who congratulated. This horse thing is so disgusting. Glad Howard shot it down. So some people think I did the right thing. There are not many other office jobs in the world where you can hear three coworkers arguing over who can make a horse come first. What a bunch of deviants. <laughs> Richard was so passionate about the whole thing. He called his dad over on the farm in Kansas and said, uh, do you know somewhere where I can get a horse to jerk off? Oh my his dad, his dad's pretty cool about everything. I mean, nothing seems to throw him about his son and all his weirdness. Hello. What are you doing? Hello, bub. So do you know anywhere that me and my coworker might be able to jack off a horse? Jack off a horse. Uh, I don't know of any horses around here. <laughs> Jack off a horse. Uh, he'd probably like it. We wanted to have a contest to see who'd be better at it. I said I'd be good at it because I grew up on a farm, and my coworker Chris said he'd be better at it because he's gay. So what do you think? Well, hell, I don't know. Sounds like he might be good at it. You don't have the experience that he does. Yeah. We used to have a horse, but it's no telling what you did with it. Well, I don't remember jerking it off. Its name was Fred, right? Yep, it was Fred. He was too rowdy to ever let me get near his pecker. Yeah, he probably didn't want you playing with his pecker. What about bulls? Is there anywhere we could jack off a bull? Well, the only place I know would be Bob. Bob might have one. You probably don't want to ask him, do you? No. <laughs> All right, well, I'll give Bob a call then about his bull. Okay, bub. Okay, bye. Bye. Gotta admit, I'm jealous. I wish I could have talked to my dad like that. Well, dad. you know, I'm listening to that, and I'm saying to myself, 
There are no deal breakers. He's no. so happy to hear from Richard right as soon as he hears his voice. And no matter what Richard says or, you know, they know. talk about he might have done, it does not phase him. He loves his son. I, I know with my dad, it would have been like, a, hey, hey, dad, how you doing? What is it? Um, you know anywhere where I can blow a horse? What are you talking about, boss? <laughs> yeah, for a radio bit. What are you, stupid? To blow a horse? <laughs> what did he say? He wants to blow a deflation horse. Let me have that phone. <laughs> what are you talking about with a horse? I'm, ju I'm just asking if there's somewhere for my radio show. I to you listen to me? You're making a big mistake in life. I mean, you're on the radio and that was your dream. But to sit there and to blow a horse for your audience. He's crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. Your father's right. I mean, it would have been a morality. I mean, this would have been Richard like, I don't know, but Well, I he even says, we had a horse and I don't know what you were up to with him. <laughs> <laughs> we had a wild it was a wild horse it, it, you couldn't ride it like it wouldn't let That's you do right, nothing huh? you had it as a pet hey how's your covid you feeling better no nah, not really worse really <laughs> yeah motherfucker you're not taking packs of it huh not yet i mean maybe but i feel like last night was the worst of it so maybe i'm through it but yeah, we'll see. I might yeah, you're have supposed to. to start it right away if it's going to have an effect. That's the thing. I might. It might be too late already, but yeah, yeah, I'll deal yeah. with it. But thanks for well, asking, Howard. Maybe you should jerk off a home. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I was going to say the thing is, my dad's so proud that I work here. He's like, you know, any he'll let me do anything for the show because he knows. <laughs> All the crazy shit I did when I was a kid led to this job. So he's he's very proud. People were writing in about you. I think it'd be fun for Richard and Sal to compete in penis trivia, and the loser gets a Prince Albert piercing through their cock. Oh, forget that. Ooh. Oh, uh, God. Uh, Howard, forget foosball. I like air hockey. They can use their <laughs> cocks as hockey sticks to shoot the puck back and forth. Plus, they'll get their taints tickled by the airflow. There you go. And I, like I had a great too. idea for Cocktober. Richard and Sal can try and lasso each other's cocks. Maybe even put a little cowboy hat on their penis. I don't know. I Oh, some people liked, uh, at the end of the show, I made a message for Tom Morello's mom who's celebrating her 100th birthday. Tom asked me to make a message for his mom. You know how I feel. I don't like to make uh, birthday messages, but it is Tom Morello and his mom's turning 100. So I have a new rule. Um, if a friend asks me, maybe maybe if their mom's turning 120 now, I'll, I'll do it. 120 is the cutoff. That's, it. That's the cutoff. <laughs> um... Complimenting Mary Morello on her eggs. Robin is the best. They like when you said that. I <laughs> uh, love the message for Tom Morello's mom this morning. Come on, Howard. You should get on Cameo. You'd make a killing. That's okay. I don't, I don't think that's for me. Maybe when you leave this. <laughs> we'll see. Well, speaking of leaving this, we probably should leave for the day. want to thank everybody, of course, uh, all the uh, fans. Uh, you, uh, I feel so bad leaving people hang with... Uh, a lot of people on the phone? Ah, so many people on the phone. One quick quote. Well, one or two. Come on. Hey, Brian, quickly right. in Ohio. What's up? Howard. Ryan from Fairborn, Ohio, former home of J.D. Harmeyer. Just want to say, hey. hey, hey, I saw Dan's paper. Man, your artwork is fucking beautiful, man. I saw some of your barn paintings or maybe Thank sketches. You. 
Absolutely gorgeous. So uh, on the Cocktober, uh, just riding that train, uh, would you maybe paint some cocks of the staff members <laughs> and maybe release them as a calendar for some uh, shore funds or something? I don't know, man. I don't think so. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. yeah I, I, He's got um, confused with Sal or Richard. <laughs> little paper out. Yeah. I think, I think you're, you need to, you meant to call Richard. Um, there's a little newspaper out here called Dan's Paper. They always ask me once in a while. They like my painting. So I'm honored to be on there. I'm their cover artist and I painted a painting of a barn and they liked it. So they put it on their cover and that tickles me. I mean, I've been on the cover of magazines and I have no real interest in being on any covers of magazines. Any, in fact, I don't even think there are any magazines anymore, but Dan's is still out there and, uh, and yeah, so I'm on the cover and I'm, I'm excited about it. That turns me on. If some, you know, my, one of my paintings being on the cover of a magazine, mm. that's kind of cool. Good. And, uh, that made, that was fun. Um, so that's that. And this is Rodney. You got the last call, Rodney. Hey, Howard. So like you were talking about Paul Simon, um, that thing about, uh, Crosby, Sills and Nash, it's, it's true. He was working as a, uh, song plugger. And he was right. going around plugging songs, and and uh, that's actually how they got their first record deal. You're saying Paul Simon heard Crosby, Stills, and Nash and didn't think much of him? Yeah, he was also living in England at the time. I think that's what it was. He was living hmm. in England, and he was um, tr- he had a, like a solo career that he was working on. And yeah, he lived in England. He lived in England twice. After the first uh, Simon and Garfunkel album didn't catch the world's attention, he went off to England. He cut a solo album, and uh, he was also yep. working uh, a job as like this. I guess he would review or listen to songs for music publishers a- and write up reports on them. Right, and he would go around the different record companies and try and pitch songs, and that's actually what happened. He was working. I think the guy's name was Tom Wilson. It was a record company guy, and um, Paul played him a bunch of songs, and he said, nah, don't like any of those, and then he played him two songs, one of which was Sound of Silence, and um, he said, well... I, I know that, but what does that have to do with Crosby, Stills, and Crosby, Nash? Crosby, Stills, and Nash, yeah. Well, he was, he was listening to different bands, and he didn't get it. That's all. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll look into that, perhaps. Who knows? Anyway, yeah, Paul Simon tomorrow. Thanks, uh, Rodney. I'm not sure what he's talking about, but I'm not clear on it, but I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Sounds interesting. Uh, this weekend on Howard 101, Sunday Brunch is featuring the late, great Eric the Actors, first and only time in our studio, wow. uh, Natalie Maines of The Chicks, wrestler Kurt Angle, and American Idol star Deanna DeGarmo were all here that day to meet Eric this Sunday night. Uh, Right after a hard look with John Lieberman, all on Howard 101. Oh, it's this Sunday. Okay. And tomorrow, Paul, we said. And uh, what else? Yeah, that's on Sunday brunch, the Eric the Actor thing, just in case you're, uh-huh. you know, you don't want to miss it. But all this stuff's up on the app, too. It's a great way to listen to the show. You can have all different kinds of experiences with the app. Or you can hear segments, you can hear whole interviews, you can hear whole shows, you can hear portions of shows. Don't ask. We're, we're working that app all the time. want you to be happy. You deserve to be happy.